Middle Call! Heavy Hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. Uh, John, I don't know about you. I am. I am afraid. I'm worn out Sunday night. Uh, live on the tube. What's up, everybody? If you're listening to this podcast, thank you. If you're watching this, hit that like, hit that subscribe. Been a long time coming, bro. Been a long right? time. Uh, yeah, Brock Purdy. It's, been, it's just to it take a lot out of you, you know, just try and take it all in. Backup quarterback, tough game. Uh, Tyreek starting to take over toward the end, but the defense, it was just classic 49ers. The score definitely doesn't quite reflect what we witnessed. Uh but first, you got a first a first play of the game touchdown by Trent Sherfield. Didn't know Marino travels. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? I did not know Marino travels. Is he officially still with the team? Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah. But it's one of those sweet jobs where he actually doesn't have to like bang out yeah. film if he doesn't want, but he kind of gets to hang with the owner, but he also gets to hang with the GM. It's probably the best job in the league. Uh, our, our Mount Rushmore of people most annoyed when we interviewed them is Ditka. Uh, Jimmy, what was the receiver's name from the Jags? Uh, Keenum, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith hung up on us. Dan Marino. It would go Ditka one, Marino two. Okay. Smith thought some drug stuff was being talked about. He was he was unsure. The other two were not unsure. No, the other two hated us. <laughs> Ditka hated me specifically. But Ditka the second was over the phone, right? Ditka was like at a drive-through, and I asked him about. That commercial where he drinks Pepsi, it was a Super Bowl commercial from many years ago. Marino just wanted to talk about AARP, was pissed that we weren't getting to AARP. Do you notice, though, like when you see Marino on television, I wouldn't call him Mr. Happy. You know, <laughs> he's not like Mr. Smiles a lot. I wouldn't no. call him Belichick, but I would not call him like uh, Jerry, Jerry Rice. G or anything. Yeah, Jerry Rice. Uh, all right, before we dive into it, and we got a lot, I mean a lot, a lot, a lot to get to. Let's tell the people that we are brought to you in part by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Multiple tweets from people this weekend, a couple DMs, John. The Tito's Water and Lemon has been very popular this weekend. That is Tito himself, his official drink, Tito's Water and Lemon. Uh, I think Kyle's going to need a couple Tito's and Red Bull when he starts game planning for Purdy and the Bucks this week. Well, I, I think Kyle's going to need a quadruple tonight. Breaking news, Jimmy Garoppolo will have season-ending foot surgery. So uh, Kyle will – I would recommend him text his wife right now if they are out, and who knows, they, they you know, weird schedule during the NFL. Swing by the store, Safeway, Trader Joe's, wherever, and, and pick up uh, not, not just a bottle. I, I would go the big boy and uh, bring that home to uh, just, again, enjoy the night positively. Maybe bring a couple people over just so you can talk it out now that Jimmy Garoppolo's season is over uh, with Tito's. And just go Tito's Water and Lime. Tito's Water and Lime, yeah. For other people, if you're like, you know, trying to create a warm atmosphere at the house, maybe you want to do a little Tito's Spiced Cider Mule. I recommend that one a little. Just get a little. You can get a bottle of Spiced Cider, Apple Cider, warm that sucker up, some ginger beer, a little Tito's. Bam. Uh, you know, I always like just the teeter, uh, the Tito's and ginger beer. That's always a go-to. Uh, but whatever you got, Tito's handmade vodka, numero uno. They make it the hard way, but they make it the best way. Winning awards coming out of their ears. 
distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Keep sending us uh, DMs, tagging us in photos of you enjoying your Tito's throughout the week or throughout the weekend. The holiday's coming up. Great time to enjoy. Great gift to give. Uh, we always appreciate that. Yes. Tito's. Tito's for the win, baby. Tito's for the win. John, also brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the code HAM for 20% off and free shipping right now. Manscaped.com. Do it for yourself. It's a great gift. So many, uh, so many great options. We've been, I mean, I don't even, I've lost track of how many years we've been uh, Tito's uh, loyalist. Uh, Tito's Manscaped loyalist. Both. Yeah. A long time. I actually, the other day, I saw a couple you know, hangers coming out, not boogers, even though I was battling a little cold. Hangers. Long, long hairs, and I grabbed that weed whacker, and what I did, I went to town. It is, I, I've never used a nose trim before. I can't imagine there's a more uh, efficient tool on the open market than their nose trimmer at manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM1. Obviously, best ball trimmer ever. I saw someone tagged us on Instagram. The, the Niners have a lawnmower 4.0 mm. somewhere in one of the concourses. So, you know, Manscaped <laughs> spending all over the place. <laughs> uh, use our promo code, not theirs, but you can support whoever you want. Proprietary advanced skin safe technology. Uh, that is to protect your delicate parts. Plus, in addition to shaving, you can completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. Have your scare and hair, uh, scare and hair, skin and hair, feeling hydrated, smelling smooth, smelling fresh. Manscaped.com. Use the code HAM. 20% off free shipping. Code HAM. 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. Code HAM. Go get it. Uh, all right. You, you want to... I was trying to... as I was uh, messing with screens there. Trying to find the official. Where did you see? Just to throw it up. I, you know, Mayoko um, is where I just kind of went. I he's just you know slow, steady wins the race constantly, and he just said that Jimmy Garoppolo will undergo season-ending foot surgery. Unbelievable. I mean, we haven't. We're starting the show with this because this is happening as we're doing this live. So Garoppolo season is over on the same day that Rap Sheet tweeted. Oh, Garoppolo could be back in twenty-three. Uh, he breaks his – well, I don't know what happened. Somebody DM me said they, they know what happened. Um, but season-ending foot surgery. I, I think uh, if you also type in Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Cam Inman or Eric Branch, I think Kyle expanded a little and said that he has a, a few few issues in that old foot because uh, I told you before we hopped on that you know when a guy gets destroyed or tears an ACL or whatever, you experience the injury – as the fan, the players, everyone sees it when a guy goes down, and those are awful. No, no one roots for that at all. But when a when an injury happens, I would say like Jimmy, right? Jimmy gets sacked. It doesn't look good. No one gets well. One side untouched. Yet McGlinchey's guy, who he's blocking, gets there basically at the same time. I mean, it's got to be hard to again untouched. McGlinchey's guy get to Jimmy same time. Both fall on him. And then they come back from break and you see Jimmy, they show the little montage of him kind of squinting on, you know, the uh, heated benches. Obviously, they're probably not on for the 49er game, but where players sit. And then he goes off in the cart. And my, my first thought is maybe he sprained his ankle and they'll go back there and wrap it and we'll see him in like a series. You know, I, I that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, you know, maybe they can just go back there. He can take a little shot, wrap that bad boy up and come back out. Yeah. Obviously, they, then they change a quarter in the injury from ankle to foot, and then they immediately go out after you had had an inside source. Uh, you know, it, it, to me, once they go out foot and you had the source and you text me like, I heard his broken foot, I, I just went, I bet he broke his foot. 
Yeah. And a broken foot could be as simple as like a little crack in a foot, right? The pain. It doesn't have to be a shattered of a foot. Right, right. You never know if it's just like a metatarsal. Again, just trying to sound smart, but uh, he'll be out. He'll need surgery. Broke a few things in there. That's the quote. I would say that's not great, right? <laughs> right. I, I, I just... I understand these injuries are random. I, I really do. And and both the quarterback injuries are random. How is it fucking possible, guy, that your two quarterbacks to start the year, one goes out with a broken ankle, the other guy breaks his foot. I, I watch football all day today. It's just Joe Burrow playing around. Mahomes playing around. Derek Carr playing around. Herbert playing around. They lose both their quarterbacks to broken lower extremities. And last year, both these guys got injured. Like, it's just how you watch football all weekend long. Hell, even Caleb. Bad hamstring injury. He's able to like finish the game, and even Lincoln's like, who knows? Maybe he's out for the won't play in the bowl game. But it's like all these quarterbacks. Cam Rising took the biggest hit probably of the season, college or pro. Just hops back up. Niners fucking weird hit out for season. Another weird hit out for season. It's pretty fucking nut. Tua. We thought Tua died. He's literally just been the starting quarterback the last like five weeks. Well, every game I watch, it happened to him today. He gets twice. He gets <laughs> bent in half. He just hops, yeah, I'm Tua, I'm good, let's go. Niners, boom, out for the season, out for the season. It's, okay, it's unheard of. I mean, it's it's insane. It's, the Except Niners it's not unheard of with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because Jimmy doesn't play full seasons, historically. How many full seasons has he played? One? Yeah, I mean, he gets hurt a lot. But it's just over and over. Even if I give I you know. a lot of injured guys, just get injured. He gets injured like... Uh, the corner, Barrett, who just every single year tears an ACL or breaks a, or tears an Achilles or breaks an ankle or something, that's Jimmy. I ha- I told you I had bad vibes when I saw that rap sheet story today that Jimmy would be back in 23, and I, my first thought was, like, he's got to make it through the year, which is always my thought with Garoppolo. It's always my thought with him. He's, he's got to make it through the year. Any given Sunday, he can get hurt, which is the case for any any player on any given Sunday, but specifically for him because it's happened every year. It just has. It just has. I don't. I, I would say indiv- I, I think there's two ways to look at it, right? Individually for this guy's career, coming off a season where he kind of miraculously earned a lot of credit, even though his numbers and the eye test didn't look great. And then he has this off season from like Jesus, where it's like, is this the greatest teammate we've ever seen? Like, I mean, honestly, I yeah, all we time. had never seen anything ever, and you'll never see anything like that again. It was Alex Smith start- plus. Yes, it was fucking insane. Then he, just to get on the field, obviously they have a devastating injury. They celebrate his comeback. And then he's having a really, really good season. And part of that rap sheet article, I I started thinking like, clearly there are going to be some teams that are going to be interested in him, his market. He's not going to just be like a one-year $15 million quarterback. It's going to be pretty complicated. And now it goes all the way back to ground zero. Because from from a league standpoint, it's like, you can't invest a multi-year contract in this guy. And from a 49er standpoint, he's proving to you every time you kind of get your hopes up. And I'm not, it's I'm not putting blame on him. Like it's a freaky deal where the guy goes untouched and I McGlinchey got fucking smoked. But so ACL injury ended a season. A couple years ago was an ankle injury, remember, ended a season. And this year a broken foot ended a season. Like that's three out of the last six years. Season enders in season. Last year was pretty miraculous. He was able to like play with what do you have? Uh, he had the bad thumb and he had one other thing he was dealing with. Uh, was it shoulder? shoulder. Yeah. yeah, shoulder. So, uh, and again, we got a game to talk about. There's a lot in a season to try and figure out, but in a weird way, 
does it make well, it this is the biggest injury of the day i would imagine right well lamar i don't know did lamar tear what happened to lamar today uh, i don't know um, left never came back yeah. yeah limped off but it's does it make it more likely this will be a conversation over the next several months more likely or less likely that he's back on the 49ers I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know. Because yeah, one, to me, if the injury makes him less attractive as a free agent, which it could, but it's early December, a broken foot, you know, we'll see. You get that fixed pretty quickly. He could be back ready for free agency. You know, if there's any world where he is a is he he is discounted, he's back on the team, right? The yes. way he's not a Niner is if he's too expensive for them. That's the number one way he's not a Niner. And it's weird, right? They just beat one of the better teams in the league record-wise, are eight and four. And we're already talking about the offseason, but are, are they just going to roll back with these two injured quarterbacks? And because this injury, I mean, in theory, like he could be full go by like OTAs, right? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. this injury, yeah. he might be ready by this, you know, it's like best case scenario, he'd be ready by middle of January, depending who knows. I mean, maybe they find out their ligaments and stuff in there. To just say he's out for the season, like when you say that, I mean you're counting like you're eight and four playoffs. I mean that's two months. Is that the way you take it? I like, this is I take it like he's injury. not. Yes, that's how I take it. Right. Yeah. That's the way I take it. I guess. I, I honestly haven't really let it sink in. But when you just automatically say out for the season, you go listen. He's going to have surgery on his foot, and we'll figure it out from there. Obviously, it's you know if Kyle had said he's got surgery tomorrow on his foot, we'll know more about that obviously he's out for the immediate future you go okay let's see you know maybe it's a three or four week injury like you know a broken bone in a foot little heel that's not the way the vibe that everyone's you know kyle's talking definitely right and to me it's not the vibe when a guy has an injury sometimes that 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 when they go out that that's a devastating way to you know when they when they flip, you know he's questionable to come back with an ankle. To he's out. It's like oh, they found something. Yeah, and generally like breaks, you can pr- you can identify pretty quick, right? You don't. We're not. You're not waiting on an MRI uh, to confirm an ACL on a Monday or whatever. A break is usually a pretty quick diagnosis for them. Someone that broke my big toe on the wall. You know, there's the pain tolerance. It's it's not easy, guy. Did you channel your inner Kobe Bryant? Is that what happened? Uh, no, I just complained about it for like three weeks as I limped around. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I take it like he's he's not coming back for them uh, this year, and I don't know that it makes it any less or more likely that he's back for them ever again. I would say a broken foot's probably not quite like a shoulder injury where you need to see a guy's you know arm strength. Um, obviously, anybody that signs him in the future will want to see a uh, 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 you know a clean physical. But I do think one thing is clear for the Niners: probably his best and- injury he's ever had, right? Yeah. Whatever you do in 2023, whether Garoppolo is gone, whether Garoppolo is back, we'll see how Brock Purdy's season plays out. You have to be equipped with two quarterbacks because Trey Lance has, albeit a short career, but an injury history in it, right? That's what he has currently. Now, a career plays out, and some guys get hurt early and never get hurt again, and some guys just get hurt throughout, which is the situation with Garoppolo. Um, With Jimmy, it's not like... You know, it's weird, right? It's not Javon Kinlaw. Like the same knee is just an issue constantly. Like Seventeen different things. Yeah, but you know, you could argue is 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 part of the way you combat that. You you really upgrade your offensive line. Well, you know, Trey Lance got hurt running the football by design, right? Um, 
I you, you said, and you're probably right, I need to watch it again, that there's really no blame. Like, there really wasn't anything Jimmy could do. I thought it was ironic that in his article with Mike Silver this week, he said he's more mature because he <clears> throws <throat> the ball away now. Now, maybe in that situation, there wasn't time to do anything. A throw away. The guy went untouched. Yeah. Um, and then he scrambled to McGlinchey's side, and McGlinchey got smoked. So he just kind of got engulfed. And I would say, in fairness, like Purdy, Purdy ran into one. It was pretty bad. McGlinchey, hey, hey spun even if it's one, yeah. even if it's not your fault, how about you pick up your guy? Like McGlinchey's kind of like his body language, not great for an offensive lineman. Doesn't pick him up. Like even once Trent Williams went nuts on with Purdy, it's like let's show a little fire if you're going to get smoked all the time. I, to me, you got to replace that position. That that is getting guys killed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I do think just on the eye test, Purdy probably moves a little better than Jimmy. Little quicker. I, I don't know. You know, we're not talking about four four forty guys. Jimmy's less reluctant to move. You know, I think he tries to sit in the pocket. You know, probably a little more coached up. They kind of mentioned on the broadcast, like they've really tried to tell Purdy, like, you're not allowed to play like this anymore, bro. And, and then on the first series, he tried to he tried to pull a Brett Favre throw across his body. If I would have told you that at the beginning of the season that the Niners are going to be eight and four, you you would have been most everyone would have signed up for it. But Brock Purdy is going to carry the load moving forward. That that would have been pretty crazy to hear. Yeah. So you're going to get Brock Purdy against Tom Brady next week, especially once. If I would have told you once the season started, so you knew that Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance were on the team again, what like if- this is I keep getting back to. I, I don't know why I'm not trying to act like I'm not mad. I'm not, I can't blame anybody. It's just, in, it's, it's insanity to lose two quarterbacks with broken extremities on the, from ankle to the foot. Like that's, that's just unheard of in sports guy in high school, in college, in the pros. Like I, I bet if we did, if, if you and I ran a team and I, we took a guy tomorrow, like when we got into the office, we we're John Lynch. Could you do a study and find out how many college or or NFL teams the last twenty years have lost two quarterbacks in season to yeah. to season ending injuries. And what it can't be many information. I just want to know how often it happened because I think there'd be a chance it's never happened. So it's like, w- what, what are would we you doing do wrong? with that information? What well, you you always need to gain information to then try to make decisions because right. the decisions that you're making right now, because like you said with Jimmy Garoppolo, like today's a freak deal 100% it is but this is the third time in 6 years that his season ends on injury reserve more than likely right like that's just a fact and for yeah. whatever reason like i said all these guys from tom brady to aaron rodgers like none of these guys seasons ever really end on injury reserve they have like 18 year careers maybe one time you think they they need to do more flexibility training but he broke so, his foot it's not a tendon right he broke his foot Again, I, I'm not, not coming milk. with a conclusion to what enough milk is that what you're I, I'm not coming to a conclusion here. I'm just saying something calcium he, pills that there's a red flag somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Mr. Irrelevant is their starting quarterback after they yeah. traded three first rounders and somehow they miraculously were able to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo at eight and four. Mr. Irrelevant is the quarterback. That's insanity. It's it's like this crazy loop because they're in this position in part because. I mean, who knows what their record would be with Trey, right? But we had this Jimmy Garoppolo resurgence because Trey Lance got hurt. Now, maybe Trey was going to lose his job to Jimmy at some point. Hard to say. Um, But, like, Jimmy got the opportunity to have this resurgence because the same exact thing, not the same exact thing, but the thing happened to... uh, What if I told you Geno Smith and 
and um, Brock Purdy will be battling for first place uh, in mid-December. That's a fact. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have believed it, but uh, now I'm living in it. It's just, it's trying to take it all in. I mean, now that we sit here and have the news, you know, we can dive into Purdy's game here in a second. Obviously, this completely changed their trajectory as like a powerhouse Super Bowl contender in the NFC, in my opinion. Like, do you see them being able to win three games with Brock Purdy as their starting quarterback in the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl? Um, no, I mean, I think the natural first answer is no, but I've watched, I watched some shitty quarterback play today as I have a lot of weeks in the NFL. So, you know, no, no would be the short answer, but you know, you start going through it game by game. You just go, all right, you got to go beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Can you do that? Right. I, I think there are three teams you'd have to, you'd have to go Dak, Kirk Cousins. I don't know the order. Obviously the Eagles probably be last, but you know, you'd have, at least Jimmy gave you a fighting chance. Like on a given day, like Jimmy can be better than Dak. Jimmy can be every bit the equal of Kirk Cousins. Like you just can't say that about Brock Purdy with either of no. those two guys, right? No, you can't. I've just seen this specific team do. I've just seen. I shouldn't say this team do crazy things. I've seen scenarios that seemed absolutely deadlocked. There's no possible way thing X can happen, and all you can ask is that you're just in the mix. One hundred percent. I think we, that's the question with that. My, to me, the question is not can they win three playoff games first. The question is can they maintain? Can they just finish off this division? And that even that's a question at this point, right? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think sometimes you know the backup quarterback comes in, he plays the way he played. What happens when now they are game planning for you? Now they are prepared for you. I think sometimes it's like you know sometimes people feel like you you haven't played golf, picked up a club in three months. You're better that first time around than when you start playing three days a week. You start going the wrong direction. I think sometimes that can happen with backup quarterbacks. Like in this moment, on this day, we just played playground football. We schemed it up. It worked. What happens when the Bucks have a week? What happens when the football team has a week? What happens when the Seahawks have a week to prepare for you? That's good. Good thing the Bucks have. Bucks are going to have before they have to travel five days. Seahawks four. Right. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Bucks true. play tomorrow Monday night and Seattle's a short week. So if you somehow you can fucking take advantage of this next 14, 14 days, seven, four, 11 day stretch. If you could sweep these next two games, you'd be, you'd be in the playoffs and basically be the division winner. Uh, but that you're right. I mean, the Bucks game. One thing on the backup quarterback and just Purdy or just any guy, but I think specifically with the Niners, it you could tell him and Iuke like on some of those passes, like Ayuk was open. I mean, he's just airmailing it. Just get a chance to throw to him all week long. Yeah. You know, he has not been taking – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's probably taken every first-team rep for, what, three straight months once Trey got hurt? Yeah. So th- there is an element of, like, this guy is on the other side of the field pretending to be Tua, and now he gets to play with – one thing that made today somewhat easier for him is I would say Debo's a pretty easy player to play with, right? You know, you, you, relatively short routes, and McCaffrey, everything's a dump off to him. So it's a, that's a great guy to play with. And the Kyle likes to run the ball, and most of his passes, even his, the majority of his passes are going to be around the line of scrimmage. So it was an easier transition than some offenses. Uh, but I, I do think he'll benefit from that too. I mean, it's just the crazy part about the NFL when you do have what made the Niner situation unique is they had two options, right? They had the number three pick in the draft, and then they had Jimmy Garoppolo. But somehow they've, you know, they're already on their third option. I, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around that. Again, I, I do think the information like it, it's just unprecedented. It, it it happened to the 
it happened one year to the uh, to the Panthers when Carson Palmer or not the Panthers to the the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals played the Panthers in the first round. Carson Palmer tore the his ACL. Michigan State guy. Uh, I think Lindley, the San Diego State guy, oh, ended up yeah, playing. Yeah. They, they had a backup quarterback who also got injured, and they played with like a, their ran, their practice squad guy. I guess did it happen to the Raiders? The year they made the playoffs when Derek got hurt, and then no, because he got benched. Remember who? McGloin. McGloin got benched, not hurt, and they went to. Uh, I, I thought McGloin was so terrible in that Denver game. They just went with Connor Cook in oh, okay. the uh, playoff game, if I remember correctly. Kind of insane. Niners play Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. So that's their next five. Um, obviously, Purdy's got to get through that too, but they got to get through that with him. Uh, and I think sure, today today was massive. I mean, when you factor in just the number game, right? To figure out a way to win that game. Yeah. When it was twenty three seventeen, they had the ball and driving. You're like, uh, I'm a mathematician here. They're gonna are they gonna win the game twenty four to twenty three? Well, the recipe for them is like the final score, like you said, does not represent the recipe for them is. That's what's a little crazy because Garoppolo had been the best version of Jimmy, right, over the course, especially over the course of their last um, four games. He bet the best version of himself, wasn't throwing picks. I guess the one pick he threw got called back. Um, and the, the recipe for the Niners is kind of the same still moving forward. Defense, run the ball, short passing, and don't make mistakes and hope that field goals, because they're today was no different than other days where they just don't score touchdowns in the red zone. They're 50 – I mean – well, until Purdy came in and he dumped off to a CMC, baby. Yeah, the but the then half. they got but but then they got two turnovers and two field goals. I know. Um, so their their recipe, that's what's crazy about Garoppolo and 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 the way it looks now with Purdy is like you said, you go, well, you you know, your chances it gets a lot harder, but the recipe hasn't actually changed at all for them in terms of what it actually what what a win looks like, right? Yeah. A win still looks like Bosa going crazy, Debo going crazy, a couple of key throws. Robbie Gold hitting a 50-yarder, and, um, you know, your defense making some plays. And the other team kind of needs to make a few mistakes. Who scored? What was the final score? 33-17. Oh, yeah, Greenlaw scored that. I was like, well, who's the offense? It was Greenlaw. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I you know, I, I guess if, there's, if you wanted to go glass half full on it for the big picture, you'd say, well, they're used to playing the type of game that they have to play, as opposed to, like, you know, Mahomes goes out, and now Chad Henney's the quarterback, or whoever their backup. They're not a top five. Like if Tua were, they're they're not a top five offense. You're removing the in terms of scoring prowess, right? That's not yeah. the way they're built. I mean, ideally, one thing you're seeing though, from an like a in a vacuum with their offense is teams are selling out to stop the run against them, selling out. And it's like Kyle, I don't think even though they they end up throwing the ball a lot. They are the, the other team is somewhat dictating them into positions that they clearly don't want to get into because it's really, really hard to bust a six yard run on first down because there are fucking white jerseys everywhere. No different than the Saints. Uh, I don't even remember who they played last week, but every team they play these last two or three weeks has been selling out to stop the run. Yeah. And then finally, I will give Kyle some credit throughout the game once they were and they were blitzing everyone. Get the little guy on the move. Get the little guy on the move. And they got him on the move a couple times. Like, I would get him on the move. He feels comfortable doing that. Uh, you want to talk about the game itself? We're going to have a lot of time to talk to project out stuff. Uh, anything else on Brock Purdy, big picture? Uh, I, 
I mean, I would say if they if they were to win a playoff game with Brock Purdy, it would be one of Kyle's greatest triumphs. You, you just this is football. Yeah. You, you don't you don't win playoff games with backup quarterbacks. I mean, that's a fact. I just look at the league, look at the history of the league. That just it just doesn't really happen. So we get he, Kyle got a lot of credit for two road wins. You know, this you is why all, you got to win the division because you might end up playing the Giants or the Seahawks or God only knows who you're playing in the first round at this point, right? Yeah. But, but but again, like, and the Niners aren't built this way, but like Geno Smith is a better player than Brock Purdy. Like if the Niners would rather have if I told you, they, they would take Geno Smith right now over Brock Without Purdy. Without question. <laughs> yeah, so it's There's just no doubt about it. But I like I, I think what, what you just said kind of just crystallizes how critical it is to win the division and have a home playoff game this year. Yeah. It just got more important. Especially with Seattle coming back and winning that game. Especially with they, Seattle coming back. Drove down, down the field and won that game. Three to the Rams. Gino, Gino. Uh, yeah, DK building DK. Gino was fucking spinning it today. Gino throws a great ball. He really does. <laughs> uh, Brock Purdy's performance, John, 37 pass attempts, which ties Jimmy Garoppolo for the second most pass attempts in a game by a Niner this year. He twice had 37 and uh, once had more this season. Pick 262. <laughs> um, I thought what really stood out, a number of things stood out. One was how aggressive Kyle Shanahan was at the end of the first half, throwing the football with Brock Purdy, how aggressive he was. I mean, clearly he felt like touchdowns were going to be needed today. Um, When he went for the sneak on fourth and one, clearly in field goal range, and they got the second effort and they got it. Like he did not, I I don't know. Did you feel like he called the game like his backup quarterback was in there? No, I bet because – you spend all week against this defense having a game plan. Ultimately, Purdy has a lot of similarities of Jimmy, right? I mean, he's not a huge arm guy. You're not going to be throwing bombs. I, I would imagine he just started calling the game plan. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I no, it didn't feel like he just got really conservative. Game plan, he John, he was, his game plan at the end of the first half is not usually that aggressive, right? No, but didn't they hit a big play to give him some yards? Yeah, but they did like the <clears throat> run play, and then they failed on a second down. Um, to get anything, and I kind of thought he was just going to sit on it at the end. And um, and after he missed Ayuk, I think that a third down. Then he hit Jennings. So. <clears throat> Jennings play kind of gave him life. I, I no, I mean once they got into you, you had part of two is you're the opponent you're playing. I mean I understand it was a ten ten game at that time. Yeah, but. Guys had been wide open the first half. So you just go, God, if Tua just hits some of these plays, we might have to win this game 28 to 27. I, I do think the game dictated how he kind of kept his foot to the pedal there because it it had felt like Tyreek was open all game long. And if Tua was not, I mean, Tua was as bad as he's been. That was like throwback Tua when he first got in the league. That was really weird. So I, I just thought that you couldn't play with the mindset of hold on for dear life Denver style. I wonder if that was his mindset coming into the game. They had been one of the more dynamic offense in the league at any single moment. And you, the Niners got a taste of it with the first play of the game. They can score. I mean, where's that shirt field when he was on the Niners? I mean, that was the shirt field that Trey Lance loved in camp. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Sure? That was a shirt field that Larry Fitzgerald told everyone. I'm telling you, he ever gets an opportunity. I've seen him in practice for four years. You guys watch out. Uh, yeah. Him and river Craycraft. at the end of the day, that was his only catch. It turned out for Shurfield. But um, tw- 25 of 37, 210, two touchdowns, one pick. As it turned out, the pick was uh, 
a punt, like it worked out pretty well, actually, that the ball that Xavier Howard intercepted it because it got him. It cost the Dolphins like 22 yards, whatever. Don't totally put if you're that was fourth and one, right? Yeah. You know, I I don't put that like Jimmy Garoppolo. I put it a little more on Jimmy Brock Purdy, like Kyle, give him a situation with some basic routes. I mean, throwing a go route against a highly paid corner. <clears throat> he was not open. You know, that was the play call. I, I don't know if I love the play call there. Like, one thing about the couple plays that Kyle overturned. Fourth and four, fourth and four. The 49ers don't have many pass plays that are just like something within five yards that's not like the quick screen that's like third and two or fourth and one that's got to have it that is just like, that was pretty easy. That just got the Niners. It feels like they just run a play on fourth and one like they would on second and seven. It's kind of weird. I would say the McCaffrey touchdown at the end of the half was a pretty like automatic play, right? Wide open. That was easy. But they don't usually do that on fourth and short if it's not a quarterback sneak. Like they're, no. it, when they do run a pass play, it usually becomes much more difficult to execute. I, about, I thought like he was, he'd have moments where he was all over the map. He'd have throws where you go, this is kind of crazy. This is nuts. Like this is really going to work. <laughs> but then he'd have throws where in rhythm, he'd make a great throw to Debo between two guys or Jennings over the middle or just kind of keep a play alive with his legs. The play at the end of the game when they didn't have any timeouts and Kyle you know, was getting greedy, tried to do a little play action dump off. It's not there. Bradley Chubb comes right. He just hit the ground. Was like a that, was a, that was a four-year starter at a big-time yeah. program. Yeah. Smart play. Yep. Honestly, that was one of his better plays of the game when you factor in IQ, I think. Yeah, I agree. How I, many rookie quarterbacks would have fucking done like an over their, you know, head thing? A hundred percent. Now he did that. Early, was that the first series? Jimmy might have thrown that. <laughs> Jimmy might have thrown it. The Jalen Phillips were, uh, he throws it over the middle of the field, like across his body, Favre style. Um, I thought all in all, he if I said, if I told you ahead of time, this is the game you're getting from Brock Purdy, you you would have taken it ten times out of ten. Facts. Right? You Fact. would have taken it, and I think you're right. For a rookie to have the game he had today, a rookie backup to play kind of like a fifth-year guy was really impressive. And for him just to – I think it's easy – you know, you go back to camp, it was a battle with him and Sudfeld. And we talked a lot about, like, which one of the guys are they going to keep, right? And they ended up keeping both of them. Sudfeld's still on the team too. But – And remember, guy, they – I was going to say they. Jed gave Sudfeld $2 million. Jed gave him two million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, in that situation, usually that guy's a leg up, right? Right. But but I mean, like you have to think like this guy can this guy might play. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter once Trey Lance goes out, then you really know whoever our backup is might play. You have to really trust him because even though you don't ask him to do a lot in terms of throwing the ball down the field, you do ask him to do a lot. Yeah. Right. And and. I think we talk about it all the time, but the way the Niners run their offense with Jimmy is this Princeton style. It's going to take you 12 plays to get down the field, and you need to get – there's going to be a second and 10. There's going to be a ton of like third and sixes where you're asked to thread the ball over the middle. And I don't know – I got to pull it up here. The Niners felt like we're really good on third down today, Um, especially throwing the football on third down. But, but, But they were 8 of 19 on third down today. Yeah, Dolphins were 0 of 7. I, I thought he made multiple tight window throws. He threw multiple balls to Debo in tight spots. He threw multiple. How about McCaffrey just wide open down the sideline? Johnny, he just hit him. He just hit him. 
right? How many times have you seen that play missed by Garoppolo? Croft, you know, he missed. He didn't even see Ayuk on one play where he was wide open in the red zone. But for the most part, for the most part, when they schemed him a play wide open, he just hit it. Croft was wide open on the one, I think it was third and two, that he got to Kittle. <clears throat> but I got no problem going to George on that one. It's right there. It's safe. George has the angle, got it. Because the Croft one, maybe you get a little too amped up. You throw it behind him. He was wide open. <laughs> I mean, wide open. And there was a play, I don't know if it was an incompletion, maybe an Ayuk miss that like McCaffrey came out at the last second and would have been a dump off, had a bunch of green grass. Again, there's a lot going on. I have. That was a red zone. Yeah. McCaffrey was out to the top and he threw it near side. No, this was McCaffrey was like up the middle. It kind of leaked out right at the end. To me, I'd give the kid like a B, B plus. There were just a couple passes that were just not even in the ballpark. I think mainly do Ayuk. And Ayuk is like, I mean, you're talking like Marvin Harrison route runner, right? He's to a spot immediately. That to, that individual is going to take some time. The other guys are kind of like hybrid, unique, not normal pieces, right? I mean, Debo's doing all of his work within 10 yards and behind the line of scrimmage. Kittle is right there. McCaffrey just floats on wheel routes. Like it's the, the you're right. The Niners are set up to function with this guy because they they have been functioning with the best version of this guy. Right in Jimmy Garoppolo, like there's no play in their playbook that they can't run. No, Honestly, there's no I, throw that Jimmy can make that Brock can't. Now Jimmy is an experienced player, so I'm not saying Brock's as good as him at all. I'm just saying well, I don't he's, think he's, he's not. I mean, no, of course. I just don't want that to be misinterpreted. But oh, by the way, thank you, Nate Sudfeld's on the Lions. That was uh, Jacob. Because remember they had to Jacob cut him. Beeson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jacob Beeson. Who is not, I don't think, good enough to win games with. Um, thank you, thank you. But you know, I I I'd have to give him an A. I'd have to give him an A today. I thought he made a lot of winning throws in a game that was a one score game late. Now, why did they win the game? Well, they won the game in part, and we can talk about the game too. We will, because Tua was bad for three quarters. But they don't win that game if they have less if they have below average quarterback play today. I don't think they beat the Dolphins with below average. I know the final score, but one thing you're going to be able to do with this guy, just looking at some of the numbers, he's a better athlete than Jimmy. Like when Jimmy was coming out of college, he basically ran a 5040. But like his this guy ran a 48 and his like 10 and 20 yard splits aren't bad. This guy's not, obviously, when you're that small, because the one thing he does look small, right? Jimmy's not a big player, but this guy looks dramatically smaller than him. Yeah, yeah. You can move him to me a little bit. And that's where I think we'll probably work Kyle. Part of the reason why they had to keep him as the backup quarterback, or I guess technically the third stringer, was because he made enough plays in camp. All these guys run the offense that all the guys around the league, remember we talked about it, right? September 1st or right around there. It's like, the Kevin O'Connell's, the McVay, some of these guys, it, it's an easy one for them to claim. A guy that knows the offense and is pretty intriguing. And you saw it today, like he can kind of just run the offense. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. 
for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards more than 29 points and Nikola Jokic more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on Prize Picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the GameTime app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. GameTime app, promo code HAM, Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They have excelled in this offense for a long time with average to below average armed guys. Yep. As long as you're smart and know what you're doing and can move. Because when you can move, one, one thing you would say about Jimmy, he's moved a little bit more this year than years past. But I would say movement is not what his game is predicated off, even in this offense, like rolling out and like, really utilizing that stuff. Kind of like I would say that LaFleur, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers, one of the best players of all time, but Aaron's a much better athlete. They really utilize that the last couple of years, like getting Aaron on the move and him just like, Jesus, Matt Stafford, when they got him, getting him to move. To me, if you can do some of that stuff with your weapons, which are just going to be shorter throws than like fucking throwing bombs, you're right. Maybe it actually isn't that crazy of a transition. To me, though, it just... Anytime you have a first year, like for how poised he was, was really impressive. Like the pressure, the, the pressure on this guy now is it's pretty insane. Right? Yeah, I I don't think somebody just asked. Do you think there's less pressure on him? No, I think it only gets harder for him now. I think it's about to get harder for Brock, right? Because it's just that that to me, it's always been this way. The difference between starters and backups is obviously there's physical talent differences, but any like third string quarterbacks can come in and make a throw that Drew Brees can make. They can make one or two times. They can, the guys with strong arms, like if we put uh, Jacob Eason on the field, he could make like a Justin Herbert looking throw that if you only watch that one throw, you'd be like, holy smokes, man, this is, but it's about throw after throw after throw, series after series after series, week after week after week. Yeah. That's where backups get separated. So to your point, like when you say, you're not saying, can you win a playoff game? You said, can you win three in a row? That's where it gets really hard. Can you, can you win this division? It's just going to be hard. But, road playoff games, not being able to hear. Game. Yeah. Yep. But that's where like the one thing with his level of athleticism, I think it's two things, right? It's design plays where you get them on the move. And when you're his level of athlete, I think you have to be really, you have to be, uh, you have to know what you're seeing very early. Like Brock. And I think we saw it today. Purdy can run away from somebody if he decides very quickly that he's on the run. There was the play he rolled out to the left and threw it to McCaffrey, and Javon Holland came downhill and made that tackle on third down and one. It oh, made sweet, it third and oh, one. Sweet it was. And then the Niners went for it on fourth and one and got the sneak. But like that play, Purdy decided very early in that sequence, I got to get out of the pocket and go. Like if he decides immediately he's got to go, then he, he can go. He's, you know, Caleb Williams or Mahomes, these guys can decide at the last Josh Allen Lamar. Yeah. So I'm with you. He's athletic, but he's got to see it. If he sees it, then he can get out. Um, He's athletic. What they look for in this offense, being able to move on boots and waggles and, you know, not run the ball like Trey Lance and nudes. 
and naked. Naked. You know, that's he does bring that to the table. Yeah. Like to me, he's not just going to thrive in the pocket. It's going to be on some of those. I think one of the questions. I I think one thing you knew that this team was so well equipped. I do wonder, like, think who that defense, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Now, I guess he hasn't been there the whole season, but like they had been going in practice against their offense. You know, Jalen Phillips now every all season long in OTAs against Mike McDaniel, and they do a lot of that stuff, right? Movement. And I thought they were very well coached on what the Niners wanted to do, you know, with the quarterback. And obviously how to get open. Yeah. Because they got guys open. Um, I think one of the challenges for Purdy watching him today, one of my other takes on him is going to be like, is does he try? Because one, here's another thing you'd say about Garoppolo. He, he rarely, especially as time went on, and this is where I would agree with him talking about maturity. He didn't try too often to make plays outside of himself. And you can see, like, here's Brock Purdy, who was a 12,000-yard passer in college. He threw over 80 touchdowns, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Like, he's got some playmaker gene in him, he thinks. And I I do wonder, like, the more comfortable he gets, is he going to try to make a few plays that are outside of what the Niners want out of their quarterback? And is that good or bad? I don't know. But the one ball across the middle today was bad. Like, athletic guys don't make that play, right? Strong arm guys don't make that. But that's part of a young quarterback just in general. Right, right. And luckily, Jimmy, you would say, was still prone to do that. Not as much this year, but he had it in his back pocket. (laughs) Uh, And he's thinking about this. Jimmy's 30 years old and think how long it took him to like, you know, really kind of look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones was a 15th overall pick. Kyle Shanahan wanted to take him 13th or third overall. I think he struggles with just like, bro, just hit the ground. Like, just live to fight another day. But he can't. And I think that's the one problem when you have, like, an ounce of athleticism relative to NFL players. You're not quick enough to be like Lamar or Josh Allen, but you're definitely quicker than all the, you know, stagnant pocket quarterbacks. You're like, I'll make something happen. And it's like, no, bro, we don't want you to do that. I bet it's driving Belichick nuts. Like, you just need to hit the ground, man. Sean on the stream asked, do you think Lance uh, comes off IR? Uh, when can the Niners activate Trey? You know, Shanahan got asked about it whenever it was. I think uh, Friday. Was it, was it Friday? Was it that recently? It was definitely last week. It, might have been, it could have been Wednesday. It could have been in a – I don't know. But it, he, I, was, I read it last week. Okay. So he got asked about it, and his answer was basically, uh, I haven't been told that he can come back. In other words, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't even thought about it. But part of it is they didn't really need him to come back, right? I would imagine they hadn't thought about it because, you know, Raheem Mostert would say they didn't, they weren't trying to force him back on the field. They didn't need him. Now, I think that's, I would imagine if you're Kyle, you ask the doctors, like, what just, what is, what's the situation with Trey here? Right. That would be pretty nuts if he came back, I would say. Because of, because they've already kind of planned for him not to come back. Yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> That's a season-ending injury. I mean, just in the history of the league. Yeah. You're going to bring a guy back. I would say he's the most miraculous healer of all time. I mean, his foot was pointed the other way. We've literally seen the injury happen before. Dak Prescott was, like, slow to come back in training camp. Remember? Uh, I know that, I know the timeline was different, but yeah, he, he's going to come back three months later. I'm um, not opposed. I mean, if he's ready, he's ready. But how is that even humanly possible? Just because people see him walk. The one thing that people ask is they see him walking normally in the locker room, right? Right, right. 
And because, and I think what people always do is a doctor, you know, somebody probably not Trey's doctor, but a doctor on the internet. And I'm not sure cam who's tweeting, uh, posting at us here says, uh, 10 to 12 weeks. Then you're like, Oh, it's week 12. Where's he at? Maybe that was part of why the questions were asked as we do this. Kyle Shanahan obviously spoke today and multiple people in the chat are saying that Kyle was asked about it today, Sunday and said, no, he's not coming back. So, uh, just two, you know, quarterbacks on IR. One's that just uh, walking boot, ankle foot experts. I, Jimmy was starting to grow on me, too. I was starting to enjoy him playing again, and now he's gone. <laughs> the Niners, one of the more bizarre quarterback things just with Kyle now for four or five years, right? It's pretty nuts. I'd say his whole tenure. It's yeah. just been so unsettled at quarterback. Very and then he makes an effort to settle it by trading up to take Trey Lance, and it's just immediately not settled. Unsettled. We're going to go into year three, unsettled. I, I, we'll have more time to talk about this, but ironically, they're playing the guy this year. I, I do think that's going to pick back up. Tom Brady. This week, <laughs> yeah. they're playing him. Yeah. Yeah. This Thomas. Uh, yeah. Which is weird. I was thinking, like, well, how'd they look today? Obviously, they play tomorrow. Um, it's does it lose a little luster? I would say it would have had a decent amount with Jimmy versus Tom, just kind of that storyline too. I mean, Jimmy was the guy's backup quarterback for three and a half years, and he was traded from the Patriots. Like that connection was pretty strong. We're gonna go from McDaniel versus Shanahan to Jimmy versus Tom. Yeah. That's true. Tom can't move. I mean, the this offensive line, you know, Larry Allen ain't in every spot beside Trent Williams, if you notice. I mean, they got guys. The pressure coming up the middle. Tom would have got destroyed. Tom got sacked three week, uh, three times last week, as you know. But uh, I would say that that, that conversation will, uh, whenever the season ends, yeah, yeah, gain some steam. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing the same videos for three years. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like, there is like, I mean, you got both these guys with broken feet and ankles. I mean, a hundred percent. I'm not saying it's illegitimate. If you told me the quarterback room was Tom and those two, it's believable, right? <laughs> Anything at this point. Uh, we should talk about, we're 50 minutes into the show, talk about the game for a second or for a few minutes because obviously the Garoppolo news and then Brock and all that stuff. But And you texted me this during the game that once you lost Garoppolo winning the game and the Niners had the lead when you texted me this, like winning the game became so critical once you lost Jimmy, especially once you took the lead, like if you know you lose Jimmy and the Dolphins run away with it, that would hurt. Once you have the lead and you have that game, you just don't know how many games you're going to win with your backup as you're trying to beat the Seahawks to the finish line here. And it feels like this season is going to feel like a Niners game over the course of 18 weeks, right? <laughs> Where you yeah. get a lead and then you just try to hang on for dear life. So this season has turned into what their games are. And that's what their game was. It was back-to-back picks on back-to-back throws. Tua looked as bad as he's looked. He's missing guys all over the place. Dudes are wide open. You're getting intercepted. Wide open. <laughs> and somehow they're just, they were just cross-country trip. Uh, your guys getting after him for whatever reason. After that opening touchdown, the Dolphins' offense was off for basically two-plus two quarters until the fourth. Off. Do you think that's a little bit like – the game, you know, like in a in, when you need a rally, you're down four runs, and the guy hits a home run to lead off the inning in the ninth. It actually doesn't, you know, the people are like it actually doesn't do anything for you. You're better off hitting a double and kind of getting it going. When you scored on that first play, it was weird. It was like 
that was really easy, but no way it's humanly possible to be that easy that game. And it clearly flipped. Yeah. But that play, when it hit, kind of hit you, you're like, did Trent Sherfield just go untouched for 75 yards? Obviously, he did. Uh, if it had been Tyreek, you would have thought like, oh, God, we're in for a 300-yard receiving game from Tyreek Hill today, right? I, I think today is a good example. Like, this is the defense is nowhere near some all-time defense, right? I mean, not that anyone's really saying that, but it does get better as the game goes on. And to me, what really stood out today is those two linebackers, open field tackles. Uh, I mean, Greenlaw made a couple huge plays, right? An open field tackle. He made that play late in the game when they went for it on fourth down. I mean, there were some plays like this game was in the balance, like you said. I mean, 17 10, 20 10, 23 17, and they're driving and he's going for it. What do you think about when he went for it on fourth and one from the 18 yard line? I, I uh, it was crazy, it felt crazy, but I understood there were six minutes and change left. He knows as well as anybody, even though this Niners offense. Because of their lack of running backs and their lack of ability, like Buck Mason was six yards of carry today. But he's, well, he's good. Yeah, he's good. But until the thirty-yard run from uh, McCaffrey at the end of the game to put it away, he was under three yards of carry. Yeah. Um. But I, to me, it made sense just because the Niners, you know, they historically get the ball and go six-minute drives. Now they didn't today. They only had one drive over six minutes on Sunday. But I did understand that as cra- and obviously he had a play he loved. It worked. I, Tua, well, he ran a play with four guys open for a first down. Tua could have run it. Then who caught the ball on that play? Well, Tyreek caught Tyreek. it. And, and like was wide and open. Ingold or whoever was right yeah, over that. Uh, it was a fuck it. Why can't Kyle run that play? Hey, how I mean, about Kyle? Copy that play. play. Would work. He knew the play would work. So I thought it was ballsy, but I what did you think? I, I thought it made sense. Yeah, I think part of it is less about like the individual game and more thinking like we got to win that for a chance to win the division. Like I mean, they're thinking stuff separate from the Niners, right? I mean, the Buffalo Bills just won; they're nine and three, so we're not playing to try to tie get to overtime and take our like we're playing to win. Like that's to me Mike's mindset. I think it was Kyle's mindset. Like this game felt like both these two teams were playing to win, and I wonder if Kyle will continue that mindset moving forward. You know. I thought Kyle did a really good job on the two challenges. How about that at the end of the game? I, I, I mean, thought they were both catches live. Same. Greenlaw, by, by the way, great play on the second one on Gasicki, getting his arm in there. That that was probably the play of the game, given what was on the line there, because he catches that. That's It's 23-7, to seven, right? Or 17 right there. So if they drive and they take the lead, I, I don't think you can just chalk Purdy up for a field goal drive. I mean, there's no guarantee that he can get three or four first downs. <laughs> Not only did I think it was a catch – when it got, I've never thought like this is a catch, and then the review it couldn't have been further away from being. A catch. I know both because times. when he rolls over and he it's like that's is that the best catch of the season? How did he it catch was, that thing? I know. And even even Moose was like that was incredible coverage, and it was that their linebackers sneaky, you know, Mooney Ward solid player, but I, I wouldn't call him Mister Shutdown. He's just good. It's just they have a good corner, uh, but in part of it. I'm watching today with Maria. She's like, what's the deal with this 10 guy? I'm like, oh, that's Tyreek Hill, the guy from the Chiefs. Like, he's unstoppable. Like, it's not. She's like, why can't we get him? It's like, well, he's he's an unstoppable force. You know, he really. He hits you like a bullet. When he hits guys, too, for a guy that's small, because he's just a muscle that's going, anything hits you at 80 miles an hour, right? Would you say he's probably, there's never been anything like him in our lives? I've never seen anything quite like I don't, that. Because at his size, you know, the guys that, that Dom, like L. Ladanian Tomlinson, were not as vi- I mean, they were. It was just different. It's not the same. And obviously, the sweet speed wide receivers were long, right? Like a Randy Moss, 
Deshaun not built like that. But he has, on that fourth down play, he leaps in the air, and it's kind of lo- – how about his ball skills are incredible. He's right? a strong <laughs> catcher, right? He's a really strong Oh, my catcher. God. The, the, the touchdown to him I – mean, how many times has he run that play in his life for a touchdown, do you think? I mean, in the league. 40? It's like Hufanga. I, I, clearly, it's it's probably a tricky play right there. They did that on purpose to trick him. Right. But it's like, guys, we can't get tricked. We can give up. Guess what? Our linebackers can tackle the guy for a five-yard gain or a 10-yard gain. We cannot tackle this guy wide open. I love it when it's like, you know, uh, Ward thought he had safety help, and he's just doing his job, taking the deep part of his, you know. I was just chase, chase 10. <laughs> chase 10. It's just wide open, and he's just like, and then he does like, neither of you guys are going to touch me. I'm kind of going to, but I'm going to take a cool little angle into the end zone. When he hit that, I thought like, okay, I was just doing the math and right. just knew that they can score really fast. That, that's there was, the thing there they was a had. quarter left. I, I took them very seriously for – I know Tua was – I mean, he had his worst game. He even said after the game, like, I was really terrible. And he was. He was really terrible. Uh, and then toward the end of the game, obviously, Nick took over. The linebackers took over. They were just peppering him. And they they, they played really good defense on that must-have drive, like the challenge plays. They were all over the ball, right? The yeah. coverage was legit. I mean, part of the reason Gusecki doesn't catch that is because Greenlaw's all over him. Right. Like, if that that was, you know, probably the turning point of the game, just given, like, Miami could win it right there, and once the Niners get it back, at minimum, they're probably getting a field goal, and you do the math, like, well, it's going to be nine points, and it's going to be in fantastic shape, right? They, they are not going to be – locked down perfect for four quarters ever like you are going to be able to hit them for big plays that's clear right but that's the sport like it that it that does happen across every game every week you can hit big plays i know this like i would say i'm pretty confident in this defense in this t- third and one fourth and one like they forced some three and outs they fo- forced multiple three and outs where you know it was a third and sh- very short yardage and they just yeah. make a play so they make a lot of plays in their front seven more so than in their secondary. Um, and I think for the most part, like we got to get like it, if I told you before the game and it felt freaky watching the game that you'd hold Miami to 17 points, you would have taken that. Right. Yeah. You would have said, yeah, you, you, you're going to have to score 20 points to win this game anyway. And, and I give them credit for two. Like they get some credit for two. A <clears throat> terrible for sure. I, and I also think the first play of the game, I, I think that's somewhat of a freak play. Clearly, they had schemed it up thinking they could get a first down. I don't think they thought they would get a fucking 75-yard touchdown. The Tyreek play happens to everybody, right? If I, I'm nitpicking a little bit on the Tyreek play, like I've literally seen that happen to the majority of teams he's gone up to against in the league, right? I mean, how many times did Mahomes miss him on that, right? I yeah. mean, he's he is – if Hufunga was there, he might still be open, right? If Hufunga didn't break on the you know underneath route. Waddle was banged up today. That that helped a little. Uh, now, again, the 49ers would go, fucking our starting quarterback broke his foot. <laughs> what, five minutes into the game? Was that the first drive? Uh, it was the second drive. Second Started drive. The second, drive. second drive. Right? SF. No, it was the first drive. It was well, the first he got, drive. Yeah, he got sacked to end the first drive and never came. And then Purdy the came first in drive. the second drive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I said he. I said, see, I said that Purdy really missed a wide open Ayuk early. It was Jimmy actually on that series. Ayuk was wide open. He throws it to 
Kittle over the middle almost throws a you know into traffic Kittle play on third and six, uh, or maybe it was second and six, and then got hurt. Well, Purdy missed Ayuk a couple times. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody did. Um, that game was as stressful as I thought it was going to be going in. Just I didn't know why it would be stressful, but you just knew, right? If I like another, if I told you, if I told you the Dolphins would hit two touchdowns of over forty-five yards, you'd go, yeah, okay. Right, one for forty-five, one for seventy-five. You go, yeah. I well, like wa- watching today, you know, the Chiefs are obviously going to win the West. I think the Bengals are going to win the North, and the Bills are going to win the uh, the East. So that'll mm-hmm. probably be one, two, three in some order. Bills more than likely be the number one seed, but to go on the road to either as the seven or the six, you're probably going to have to play the Chiefs or the Bengals. And I, I have a hard time seeing the Dolphins. Like, I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. I, they'll probably be a one and done. Here's one thing that stood out to me. And I don't know and if it, you... Again, okay, you beat a playoff team. I'm not trying to diminish or, or even on either side. Like, it's, But I, I think you watch them today and go, I don't know if two is Mr. Outdoor quarterback. I mean, today was... Part of that was Miami. Why I'd be pissed is like, this is a good environment for us to excel. Nice day. Right. You know, like, what the fuck's going on, little Tua? Miss guys wide open. Miss a lot. I think I think he's he's a starter, but he's you know he's. If if I I'm a hater of him, it was probably the worst game he's had in two months. Which you know, Ben's the best defense in the league is not is understandable. Uh, Look, I do give the Niners some credit for it, but I I thought he he they made him they made him look bad, but he missed some wide open throws. Um, and then he stepped up and made a couple big throws too. I, I do think back to your point on Miami, though, one thing that stood out to me watching the game was that they shot themselves in the foot several times. They committed several bad penalties. They that you know, one stretch that stood out was was it after the uh interception where they went they got down to the Niners 28 yard line. Where's the sequence? And they went like holding false start. I think they had two or they had at least two straight penalties, if not three straight penalties. They finished the day with uh, eight penalties. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to find the sequence in the game, but oh, it was okay. So the series that Jimmy Ward got the pick, they get the Tyreek 19 yard play, and Bosa hits Ty, uh, to a low, right? Yeah. So they had the roughing. So it was it was like a 30 yard play. They get first and ten at the Niners 28 yard line. This is their first possession of the second half. False start. So from first and 10, it's first and 15. Offensive holding. So from first and 15, it's first and 25. And then they get the Jimmy Ward interception. So I I did. Now, the Dolphins obviously were down two offensive linemen. But I, that was one of my takeaways. I'm with it today. It was like Miami's good. They're not top-tier AFC good, clearly. No. But a playoff team, Niners needed to beat a playoff team. Felt good. Yeah. I think that's it's only the second besides Seattle. Uh, they haven't beaten too many playoff teams. <laughs> uh, is it just those two now? Because the chart, I mean, the Chargers lost to the Raiders. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say the Chargers are in some trouble. I, I would bet against the Chargers making the playoffs. I think they're out right now because they're six and six. Who would be the team that's in the Patriots? No, they're six and six. The Jets at seven and five, but long way to go. Yeah, long way to go. Raiders at five and seven, sneaky late season team. John, big close. The, the, the Dolphins still have to play the Jets and the Chargers, so all these teams kind of play each other. 
all right, let's talk about some other individuals, some other moments, some other things that stood out. Who you want to go to? There's, I mean, there's a few different kind of war daddy awards of the day for the Niners today. Well, I think this individual, just because, do you think they were playing games with each other a little bit this week, specifically Kyle? I'm not saying that Trent didn't have back spasms or Debo is his thigh wasn't harder, but they sure look pretty normal, both of them to me. I wondered with Trent if the Niners were fucking with Mike McDaniel a little bit. Yeah. But it's not inconceivable that an enormous human being is back and get a little tight and leave practice. But as I said to you, why is he I would I would let him be in a Barca lounger on Fridays moving forward. <laughs> yeah. And I would say Debo looked pretty normal for a guy that at one point on Friday he's like, Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Basically be a game time decision. Like he didn't even look close to a game time decision to me. Right? He looked it kind of thought that they mess with those two guys specifically, which were either one of those guys ever in doubt of missing this game? Specifically Debo. I mean, Debo had been an all-week thing. Back spasms unpredictable, but Debo was, this is what, like when you pay Debo Samuel and say he's essential afterwards, it's for games like this. But it wasn't even about running the football today. It was just absolute, here's seven yards, he's going to make it eight. Here's a loss of 15, he's going to make it a loss of four. Well, how about that play? He juked out four guys. He went underneath them. That, that's who it was. Moose was like, "That's pretty nuts." I mean, he went underneath them. They had him corralled. Four guys, not two, four. He two guys outside, two guys straight up, and he got away from all four of them. He kind of went between the middle two, underneath. It was remarkable. I, that, that's one of the crazier things I've ever seen Debo Samuel do. If you box score scouted the game. You'd go, all right, Debo, let's see here. Four carries, five yards, five catches, 46 yards. Man, I guess Debo didn't show up today. I got him six for 58. You got him six for 58? All right, we got – what did I say? You said five for something. Okay. I, I got him four – you got him four carries, five yards? Four carries, catches, five yards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I said – if I said five for 46, that was how you – still, you'd go, all right, I guess that was fine. It was – it was – it was incredible. He had another play. Was it a quick screen or was it an end around where he like cut it back inside and then he realized he'd go outside and Trent kind of corralled the outside. It was like this guy and, and like Tyreek, but Debo's bigger. Everything is violent and everything is moving forward. He is. There can't be another one. He probably is the most violent wide receiver, isn't he? It's weird. Like, is he a true, true wide receiver? You know, he's he's really a hybrid. <laughs> Whatever he is, he's the most violent of them. Yeah, he's like when you watch Curtis Samuel, who's clear who they try Washington tries to use a little bit similarly, yeah. right? You just see there's a little bit of a difference when you're not as much of a wrecking ball. But Debo's also elusive as a wrecking ball. And I think part of the reason you tell him I part of it has to be that when you go to tackle him. Like, you have to put 100% of your effort into tackling him so he can make you move because you have to be 100% committed to the tackle you're about to try to make because he's so hard to tackle. And maybe that's why he can be a little elusive. I I don't know. It was a, as you like, it was a war daddy performance from Debo Samuel today. He was, he was fucking awesome. He's the box coordinator. We're not trading you to the Dolphins, right? Yeah, this is the, the, the 49ers have needed him this year. <laughs> he, he has been very, very important. And his stats, Whenever I see like Grant 
tweeting about Debo stat. Like his stats don't do what he brings to the table justice. I even heard McDaniel talk about maybe it was Kyle. I mean, they both talked about that. No, it was, it was McDaniel last week talking about Bosa and just how you spend so much energy as a game planner getting ready for Bosa as a play caller. And, you know, I think Debo's the same thing. Like, you just spend so much energy, and Tyreek is this way. You're just always accounting. What's he doing? What's going to happen? How are they going to get him the ball? This goes back to Trent saying, well, yeah, let's just say I'm tipping pitches, right? So you know it's a run or a pass. We have so many different variations of so many things. You do not know what's coming. We have counters. I mean, we run Debo eight different ways just as a runner. And then as a passer, you would say his route tree would be smaller than some wide receivers because it's he's not really going down the field. But for a guy that is not a great route runner and doesn't really have – a like he's not a very good red zone wide receiver, you would say that's not really Debo's forte. He's still a blue chip Pro Bowl level impact guy. To, to, to have some like negatives to you and still be that good shows you how elite his talent is. He's and he was strong a couple times today, even when he's well covered over the middle. I thought he was strong at the, the point of the catch, either preventing a DB from getting his hands on the ball or making the play. You know, like very catch the catch, the catch between the two guys was pretty fantastic. And then what did he do? Right up field for an extra couple more yards when they kind of collide into each other and him. Yeah. His, his, his power and body control on contact is like the upper echelon of the elite players. I mean, Ty- Tyreek is too. And both of them, you would say, have, I mean, let's face it, really built more like running backs than they are wide receivers, right? Yeah. Now, Tyreek has an element of just, I mean, he's got ultra tu- turbo boosters. You know, I wouldn't say Debo's, Debo plays very fast with the ball in his hands, but he doesn't, like, without the ball. Tyreek can just get open so fast. That is one thing that, like, Debo doesn't, you know, and then go like that. Like, he's, Debo's covered a lot when he makes plays, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know where you notice it with Debo? And I thought McCaffrey, again, we talked about it in the passing game. McCaffrey broke a run at the end of the game that was, I never say this, but I think three of the people in our chat, we could pick any three and they could all get positive yards on that play. The whole, that's one of the biggest holes you'll ever see in the NFL. Well, would you, would you see it though? You know, you got to see. The, I think it division. was so massive. <laughs> but you know where you see is like McCaffrey makes a ton of plays <laughs> Debo-esque. McCaffrey does not make the pile move anywhere near as much as Debo does on those receptions. But McCaffrey, eight catches, 80 yards, a touchdown. Like it felt like McCaffrey. I, there was such a d- difference between right now, McCaffrey 2.7 yards per carry or whatever his number is. And then when he catches the football, how disruptive he is. Do you think if they knew Purdy would have to come in, they would still do the McCaffrey trade? Makes it even more valuable, right? Yeah, I think so. He had eight fucking catches today. How many targets do you have? Ten. He had ten. He had, I mean, he touched the ball 27 times. Don't you think it like Purdy makes almost Christian more valuable? Yes, because now Christian and Debo, are, they already were, but now they're even more valuable to the Niners' offense. It's just... They they clearly can't afford another running back injury, right? You see how thin they are at running back today, as opposed to a few weeks ago. Was Mitchell back? Was Mitchell back the first Jeff Wilson game? Was Jeff Wilson? Did they mix <clears throat> one game? I think so. With right. all three of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that first game, you're like, oh, <laughs> so many running backs, and now it's like you know the way Buck Mason's running. 
I think he should get the 17 carries and McCaffrey should get the eight. I agree. McCaffrey still gets the eight catches or the 10 targets, whatever. But McCaffrey is so much more important. And every game, this is the other thing. You notice this, like, it's like, it'll be eight minutes left in the first quarter. They'll got a shot of McCaffrey and he'll just be bleeding from the arm. It feels like every week. Well, he today, his hip pad, like, he looked like a high school player sticking out because he'd been tackled so many times. His jersey's up here. Like, this guy. Like you're right, he does not move the 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 uh, pile like Debo he's, or Kittle. He's he's not that powerful, but he's very willing, right? He lowers his shoulder on contact. He's not. It's one thing I I didn't quite know. I mean, I haven't been locked into Panther football. He he, he ain't afraid of the pop, right? <laughs> he just no. He's just not as powerful he, as those guys. That's why he fits in. It's why he fits in. I thought. You know, the, the Niners are kind of kings of a few things. One of them is you you look at the box score and players were more impactful than the box score. I feel like I saw a lot more Kittle today than two for 22, right? He had a critical catch late. Uh, Made some had, fantastic blocks. He was blocking his ass off. Use check. His touchdown uh, was big. Croft, one juice was three catches for 12 yards and his touchdown. Croft, one big catch. Jennings, two for 34. If I asked you without looking at the box score, what was Jennings today? I would have said five for 62. Yeah, I would have gone five, five fifty-eight. Two for 34? They just, like, these guys, they make it count, man. Like, they all make it count. They're the Niners skill guys. Just fuck, they make it count. Yeah. Today it felt like there are some... I wonder if Tyreek Mullen, Christian Wilkins look like, is this a high school game for this guy? Like, what is he just making every play? He's like crushing people down the field. Remember when he tackled, was it Jennings down the field? It's like, did he just kill Well, Joe him? Davis was like, how did he end up coming <laughs> downfield to make that tackle? So I wonder, like, Wilkins, who's a blue chip former first rounder, Tyreek, everyone kind of like, and there was a lot of buzz in this game, right, with Raheem and Jeff Wilson and the McDaniel connection, but it, it felt like once a couple of their sweet players were kind of into the game, like everyone, like Dre Greenlaw is like, oh, I'm going to be just like Fred today. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? yeah. you, you guys will not notice the difference. That one play that he made in space kind of breaking down on Tyreek was really good. It was like, God, is Tyreek going to do a little Allen Iverson? And Dre kind of stopped with him, and then he corralled him. Was like, and then he did the fake, I'm going to suplex you. Just kidding. I just let him go. <laughs> that, that you was, guys still think I'm going to get a personal foul penalty, but I'm not. Did you think suplex for a split second? Like yes, he's I really thought here comes a personal foul. <laughs> he's going to fucking toss this guy out of bounds. He's like, oh, no, I'm good. I also think he picked him up and realized this guy's probably a little heavier than I thought. That yeah. might have been part of it. Goddamn, Tyreek, you've you're been lifting. Gesicki had zero catches, one target. Uh, Waddle had the one catch. I mean, it was Tyreek had nine. Alec Ingold had three. Like, they... Mostert, they the the Dolphins ran the ball eight times, seven for Mostert, one for Jeff Wilson. I did feel though when they, I would like, I would not run it. I would keep passing it. Yeah, that was my thought when I was watching them play. Like I wanted them to run it for the night. If you're like want the Niners to win, I was like, I hope they ran it. Even though a couple times, especially later in the game, later in the game, they, they hit a couple runs for like seven, eight yards pretty easily. Yeah, I wonder I, if he probably because that I think the Niners were so worried about the passing game that there might have been some, just because I think their linebackers naturally are like dropping back, kind of looking around, trying to help out, that I wonder if there were some more runs there. I, I wonder if Mike got a little run happy. It, it does not feel, you're right, I mean, the 30-yard ball at the end, because it's like, did the Niners ran for 100 yards? I know they ran for 120, but it's that 30-yard run, probably, I mean, they were not going to run for 100 yards well, this game. What was, the, what was the total at the end? 121. 
when did that 30 yard run happen? Like well, three last, or four minutes yeah, left? Yeah. Yeah. At the end. So they were they were not gonna hit the hundred yard mark. Uh I'm with you though. I, I would give Mason had like a dolphins level explosion. I was like, God, Mason looks fast, fresh legs, he looks quick, he's decisive. I think sometimes coaches, you know, like look at McDaniel, right? Even the random guys, he's very comfortable with. Craycraft, which is clearly his favorite player, right? He's been loving that guy for years. I, I always thought it was Kyle, it was fucking McDaniel. Sure feel like he's comfortable with their randoms to go along with their star players. Sometimes when you have an undrafted free agent rookie who hasn't played that much, but he's showing signs of life, I think coaches, not clearly they like him, and Kyle is supporting him and plays him, but it's like, am I going to let him let one of their linebackers knock the ball out in a 23-17 game that, you know, at the 40-yard line that leads to a – like, I just – we got to ease our way into it, which I, I would say, like, I would kind of ride him until he proves otherwise. Like, but I bet in the back of his mind, like, am I going to let this guy fumble on me? Because I, it made no sense, like – because I was thinking today, you and me, for example, and everyone listening to this, watching the game, like, do we have a better view of just kind of the ebb and flow of like how quick some of the players look than maybe even Kyle on the sideline just kind of doing a play and then yardage? Like, is he really seeing like how fast Mason is moving? I think he, I bet he might realize it tomorrow. Like, God damn, I, this guy should have run a little. But I do wonder in the game, never been an NFL coach on a sideline, if you truly can like pick up on like how much faster he looked just running the ball than McCaffrey. Cause back to what you said, like he probably deserved 15 carries a day. Yeah. It was clear early. Like I would keep giving the little guy the ball. It might've also been another factor could be your confidence in pressure pickup and catching the football. Right. Cause there was a lot of pressure on your quarterback. You could not afford another injury because Kyle youth then becomes your quarterback, which I'd like to see in a weird way. If you promised me they'd win, I'd be like, yeah, let's watch you check. Like, but that, 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 the season be over. Is that happen? So, <laughs> so, you know, it could, that, that was probably a factor. Cause at the end of the day, you have to, part of throwing the ball to McCaffrey is that sometimes you run the ball with McCaffrey and that he's on the field a lot. Yeah. He's on, you gotta be on the field a lot to have eight catches, 10 targets, which he did. He was on the field nonstop. Yeah. I mean, they, they they ran run plays to Debo where he was with Juszczyk as a lead blocker. That happened today. They had the which, one where they they motioned Debo behind. He had Juszczyk behind Purdy. Debo goes behind, or Juice is next to Purdy. Debo motions behind him. McCaffrey's on the other side of Purdy, but then he motions like behind the right tackle. I'm trying to remember what they did on that play. They did some funky stuff, though. Uh, the Cowboys are playing the Colts as we record this, um, or as we're live, depending if you're watching this live. As of uh, right now, early in that game, Michael Parsons does not have a sack. Matthew Judon did not have a sack today. Nick Bosa now leads the NFL in sacks with 14 and a half, including the best kind of sack at the end of the game, which was the strip sack, Manscaped, promo code ham. Uh, he, you could, he's smart. Did you notice how much? Nick was smiling early in the game and doing like, I think he felt like this guy cannot run away from me today. He was getting doubled unfazed. They just run a little stunt. And he came flying up the gut and got the Tua. I, it felt like Bosa knew today coming into the game was going to be his day. He was an ass kicker. Uh, I mean, it was the end of the game sack was really sweet. 
I mean, the way the the force fumble, the scoop and score right to Greenlaw, like that that play kind of encompassed their defense this season, right? They they are very opportunistic, and they're very when ninety seven is causing havoc, the Niners are just going to beat you because you're not getting away from them. And his ability to like, how about that? Just to hit his arm right as it's coming up. How often do you see that play? You know, another split second where his arms move and it's clear it's an incompletion. Did you but see the Max Duggan fumble that they called an incompletion in the TCU game on Saturday? He rolls right, he jumps, he throws. The dude jumps and basically like packs the ball in midair as he's trying to pull it back down, knocked it out. Was that kind of close to his own end zone? Yeah, yeah. They pick it up, return it. I thought for I thought they got it wrong. I thought it was a fumble six. They called it incompletion that game. But, but if your arm's moving forward, even if you pack me, right? But he stopped. Like, he clearly stopped the throw. Oh, because he knew the guy was going to bat it down? Uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, different play. But Oh, they didn't get, They didn't give uh, K-State the touchdown on that play? I was watching no. kind of up at the gym at the time. No. Damn, so K-State had to overcome that to win the they game? They had to overcome that, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. That is an all. That is. It felt like early the Dolphins were really – they weren't effective with Nick. Because Nick got his, but I thought like running both on that stunt to get him coming up the gut was great. Because if you just watch Nick, he was getting doubled. Like they just weren't going to let him beat them, and he beat them anyway. He beat them anyway. Yeah, he's. <clears throat> I would say he's definitely. I, I thought it was going to be an uphill battle. I would say I don't know why. It just the narrative, the talking points, the talking heads. It's like I don't know if he's going to win it. I, I do think he's firmly, and I, I wonder Tom Brady Thursday night football. Good call. I mean, if he's got a chance, Brock Purdy coming in adds to his legend. If you, if you go twenty sacks, the best defense in the league, and you win eleven games, and you win the division with three different quarterbacks, and he's your best player on defense, and he has, I'd I'd say, if he gets to nineteen, doesn't it feel like it'd be hard for him to not win the award? Because he, he does have some momentum. It felt like Micah Parsons was ahead of him. Miles Garrett, that, that thing is just too toxic. It doesn't feel like anyone's voting for the Browns. Not no, Miles' fault, but it doesn't feel like a Browns guy is winning an award this year. Is that fair? Uh, Yeah, good point. I hadn't thought of that. Not again, My, Miles, I watch him. Especially with player. Bosa and especially with a Niners Cowboy out there. <laughs> yeah, who, and their teams are sweet. Matthew so it might just be definitely not winning it. No, it might be a two-horse race. And it's going to come down to the. Uh, I, I think if he get a couple sacks in that Thursday night game <clears throat> with people watching, and they beat Seattle, you know, in a classic like twenty to fourteen, kind of an uglier, you know, and he's kicking the shit out of. Now he's their tackles. I think I haven't studied them, but obviously they're playing with rookie tackles who are clearly pretty good, right? I mean, good draft picks. If you start two rookie tackles and your team's pretty solid, but that's advantage, Nick going against rookie, you know, cross or whoever they put him up against. Yeah, I'm just looking at the... Uh, <clears throat> I also thought having 91 just back in the mix a little bit was a big difference. I, I mean, it's just seeing that body and the length, and he almost had a sweet sack. He just barely missed him. Uh, I would imagine once he gets his legs literally under him uh, and gets, you know, because part of those injuries is not like I would imagine his cardio relative to what it was like in the summer is not the same. What are you, You're not able to do stuff. Uh, I think it was that, that's that going to be really big to me for the Seattle game having having him around him staying healthy the rest of the season <laughs> because now the Niners are basically assured. I mean, at worst case scenario, they're going to 
same record as Seattle going into that game, right? Because they have one game. They're eight and four. They're seven and five. So even if they were to lose the Bucks, and they're eight and five, and Seattle wins this week, and they're eight and five, you have the same record, and it would be basically be feel like it's for all the all the marbles. Seattle hosts the Panthers this week, so they're in pretty good shape. Fuck, that's a well. I, I, Carolina's been sneaky. Uh, the Niners. You hear the other thing on the Bosa point. The Niners Bucks game. I don't know if you'd caught the promo during the game today. Is the America's game of the week Fox game? So that's going to be a big national audience for that game. Um. Yeah, that's good. So a lot, lot of eyeballs as as it should be. I mean, you would expect Tom Brady back to the Bay Area would be a <clears throat> big audience. So well, as I was told earlier on in the year when we were discussing like the big, you know, this was probably earlier in the season we were discussing their biggest home games. This by far, from a financial standpoint of resale value, was the number one game, which makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, it's. Well, until Tom, yeah. Now, but but are they? uh, They're still in first place, or did anything happen today? I haven't looked at. Yeah, they're still. Uh, Well, they the Saints didn't play. Atlanta lost, and I think Carolina had a bye. Atlanta play today. Carolina. I don't. I don't don't remember. If they did, I didn't see a second. I I think they were on. No, they were on. So the Kenny Pickett beat Atlanta. That I I saw. Does tomorrow even matter? What what's What's Tampa's record right now? Six and six? Five and six? No, five and six, and the Saints are four and eight. So a win for the Saints puts them at five and eight and the Bucks at five and seven. So yeah, it matters. It's Saints probably can... the last game that matters in that division, right? If the Bucks win that game, it's probably over. Where is that game? Tampa. Which does that even matter? I think it does. Not being in New Orleans matters. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, which generally- even if you even if you're a bad team, Monday Night Football is fun, right? And that it's a party town and that town, that environment. So and they've kind of owned Brady. It's probably that game feels bigger now with Tom. People would be pissed. LSU just got their brakes beaten off. <laughs> <laughs> that was an, that was an ass kicking. Yeah, that was an ass kicking. <laughs> I looked up one at one moment. It was thirty five to seven. I'd stop, I I had I was over on the Mountain West title game by then. I, I, I went Mountain West title game. That was a blowout. I checked the SEC game. I'm like, nope. I checked Dion's game. That was an ass kicking. So I just went back to the Mountain West title game. Jackson State I, was killing uh, Southern. I'm sorry, and no, no offense to I, smaller programs. I mean Cal Poly. I I can't watch Cal Poly because I can't watch you when you play on fields like that. You know, like not in stadiums. Like when you play in like a high school like field. Which Who was playing Jackson, on high school field? Jackson State, like open in the corners. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great. It didn't project great on TV. I yeah, it say. doesn't doesn't pop. You know, no, it does not pop. Even though you know Boise, the you notice Boise some, did not some, pop. Some empty seats. I mean, oh, a lot of. I don't know where their crowd was, but <laughs> where, that where, stadium. Was not, what is going on? I remember that place I'm used to be packed, guy. I was not impressed for a rivalry game, conference title game. They were unbeaten in the league. They, they had like a they chance were, to be a ten win season. I don't know. I'd love to see the final attendance number. I thought that at one point I'm like, well, maybe that's just where the band was sitting. Nope. There was nobody there. It was crazy. Middle of the day, the sun was out. I did not understand what was happening. That's the one thing I'll give the SEC championship game. Terrible game. Environment. Incredible. I mean, there was a play early on. They got a field goal blocked. And and the coach is like, Peter, Peter, Peter. And the DB kind of looks 
realizes no one's around. Did you see like the first touchdown of the game? Picks it up, takes it to the house, Georgia guy. The fucking Georgia fans, you know, they got half the place just going. Every, every arm feels like moving in motion. Like, how are they doing this? It's incredible. You got to feel pretty good if you're a Georgia fan. You're like, our program's kind of rolling. Yeah, I would say so. Would you say they're uh, the heavy favorites in this thing? I would say yes. Um, Niners almost got to big help today by the by the by the Rams actually, but uh, John Wolford and the Rams fell to three and nine. I I, I do think Seahawks come back win to make them seven and five. What did you see? Did you what were Geno's numbers? Uh, he threw for a lot of yards. He was uh, twenty eight of thirty nine for three sixty seven, three touchdowns and one pick. He was really good. I saw on social media that uh, Kenneth Walker left the game with a quad injury. Oh, yeah. I only have some serious. Something to keep an eye on. I mean, that would be a pretty big blow for them. <clears throat> I, I would say one thing that was pretty just, I don't want to say enlightening or eye-opening. I mean, the Eagles are just a pretty big behemoth right now. I mean, they're going to go. What's the record going to be? 15-2? and two? I mean, I think they're going to be the heavy favorites to win the NFC. I'm not saying the Niners couldn't have beat him with Jimmy. I it's like, do you see them going on the road with Purdy? I know we got a long way to go, but and even I, I was pretty impressed watching Minnesota against the Jets. Like the Jets are like a poor man's version of the Niners. That that defense is just how many they crush people. They hit people hard. They have a couple safeties that just destroy people. Sauce Gardner, I mean, is fucking good. Their D line is excellent. Their linebackers are awesome. I mean, they're playing with Mike White. Who's you know probably like pretty? You see, they're all wearing his T-shirt, his face on their. Yeah, travel, I mean, they, they clearly love here. the guy. I saw, I saw like uh, Garrett Wilson said after the game, like I love playing with this guy. I just watched the Jets thing and like they're kind of a poor man's version, and I say this in a complimentary, complimentary way of the Niners. Run the ball. Their receiver, you know, they don't have like Debo. I mean, their receivers are basically they got like two Iukes. They're more like route runner guys, but they have a good tight end. I, I just. I just watched the Jets go. I'm pretty impressed. They, they were getting their ass kicked on the road. I think it was like 17 or 20 to three, and they yeah. just came storming back. They didn't quit. That's And this is what the Niners and the Jets, like when you do have a really good defense watching the Cowboys right now, you just stay in games, don't you? You know, the game, even when you're off, that, that's part of the problem for the Dolphins. Like defense kind of stinks. Jets play Bills, Lions, Jags, Seahawks, Dolphins. So, you know, the Jets could conceivably only win two more games, right? At this point, the Week 18 game with Miami, Miami's going to have to win that game. That could actually be a huge game, Week 18, Dolphins, Jets. Um, Jets were, like, right on the fringe of the playoff. That could be, like, a win-and-get-in playoff game. Kind of feels that way. Buffalo next. Detroit is difficult. The Jags, well, and then the Seattle at Seattle. So, I mean, they're seven and four right now. The Jets could conceivably finish with eight wins, right? We'll see. Um, Philly, on the other hand, has a pretty favorable schedule here. I can't I believe the Giants and the Commanders tied. They feel kind of like the same team, don't they? Semi watchable game. I don't know if you caught any of that. I, I didn't catch much of it. They just, they fit, man. They just fit. <laughs> uh, Philly plays the Giants this week. Yeah, then the Giants got to go back and play Washington again. Yeah. Um, but here's Philly schedule. Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. I like the Eagles in a lot of those games. So, so is Vegas going to like the them. Dal- the Dallas game is on the road. Their next three are actually on the road. Giants, Bears, Cowboys. And then they finish at home, Saints, Giants. Which, you know, is Philly going to be 
Like Philly won't need that game week 18. The Giants will. And we're going to end up in some weird situation again where Philly's like laying down in a game and there's another divisional game that really matters. I can't blame anyone if they're not. The one thing you would say, though, is with only one team having a bye, I I wonder if you approach week 18 a little bit differently than like, do you just want to take two weeks off? That's true. What you'd be doing. Yeah. Uh, King of Kings on the stream says, make John acknowledge the Raiders beating top five Herbert. I know what you're going to say. God, I know what you're going to say. It's a good win. Oh, it really, honestly, it's a good win. They, they ran a flea flicker that hit. Did you see that play? No. A flea flicker. I, the only reason I saw is I saw the score. I went to the ESPN app on my on my phone. I saw Derek threw two touchdowns. So then I went to Twitter and I just typed in the Raiders because I knew they would show the touchdowns. He threw a nice deep touchdown to Devontae and then he hit Devontae on a flea flicker. Because then I, I saw Devontae was like five for 150 for two touchdowns. Uh, I thought you were going to say he beat. Devontae's having, I mean, just a historic. I bet he has like one of the best individual stat seasons in the history of the Raiders. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, what's he at right now? It's hard. These numbers, you would think, I mean, we can naturally updates. We can land planes, but we can't get NFL stats to update till Monday. Uh, It makes no sense to me. I don't know who to trust. Uh, ESPN and NFL don't care about ranking. They don't want to put a number next to somebody. If somebody's fifth in the league, you got a 17th in the league, you got to count. One, two, three, four. I don't understand how stats don't update in time. Uh, but yeah, coming into the game, he was one of I got him at 79 catches. Yep. 1,176 yards, 12 touchdowns. Any way to know, does that include today's numbers? That Sunday's includes stat? today's numbers. Today, uh, against the Chargers, <clears throat> Devontae had eight catches, 177 yards. That's an average of 22 yards a catch on two touchdowns. That's a fucking ass kicking. (laughs) Eight for 177. Him and Tyreek, which we shouldn't be shocked. I mean, they were literally the two best receivers in the league last year. They have brought it this season. Well, why don't you check the the old Seahawks box score there? I think they had two guys basically have Devontae's game. Do you know what Tyreek did today? Nine for, I don't have the box score open, but I'm going to guess nine for... Uh, 160 close. Yeah. Nine, one touchdown. Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Seahawks nine for one twenty eight touchdown. Metcalf eight for one twenty seven touchdown. J- Jalen trying, or are we just mailing it in too, Jalen? <laughs> like, I mean, what, you had to be covering somebody. He, he was shutting down. Will this uh, Marquise Goodwin? I mean, Jalen, they're giving you $20 million a year. You can't lock down one of them. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, tw- half their targets go to those two guys. Gino threw the ball 39 times. 20 of the times were to Lockett or Metcalf. Okay, I'll do something positive. Are the Raiders alive? Yes, like every year. Pull up. Well, are the six and six teams are out right now? Right, there's not a six and six team right. in the AFC in the That's playoffs. Correct. That's correct. Yep. So the Jets are the seven seed with the Chargers and the Patriots right behind them. Yep. That's and then the Raiders would be behind them. Tied with Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Who do the Raiders have this week? Uh, the Raiders schedule. Three games, winning streak now. Mark Davis, beautiful yep. blonde girlfriend. <laughs> could be friend, could just be, I mean, who knows. Cut Play them. the Rams. Okay. They're six and seven. At, at Rams, yep. Okay. Then who? Patriots at home. 
that's a pretty cool game. You know, Josh and the Raiders have more talent. They should win that game. It's hard for me to put them a W because Bill against Derek. But okay, seven and seven. Yep. Do this exercise. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Do this exercise. Seven and seven. Then they play good drink. Then they play the Steelers. Where? Pittsburgh. They are clearly better in Pittsburgh. The problem is that weather game and Derek, that could be a little tough. Is that Christmas? Christmas Eve? The 24th. That's a... Well, well, I should rocking. The team suck. Are they still alive? You know, the, the Rams game is this Thursday at, at the Rams. Thursday night football is Raiders-Rams? Yeah. I'm yeah, bummed about that because of the Rams, not because of the Raiders. Yeah. It's not inconceivable the Raiders could get to eight and seven. Okay. So then they're. That would be like an eight game winning streak. They're eight and seven hosting the Niners on New Year's <laughs> in what is some are calling the Ham Super Bowl. <laughs> the Niners, there's a chance they're not playing for much. I'm, I'm not. I don't. I'm not trying to act like you can't beat them, Raider fans. If my I know one thing about these Niners, John, <laughs> but they my will point be is for something week 17. That if they were to win the Seattle game and have a multiple game lead and have them swept them and be whatever five and so what are they in the do, division, bench thirty. No, but I'm just saying, like the the Raiders, that, that'd be their Super Bowl. If you're eight and seven, you get to nine and seven, and then who do they finish with? The Chiefs. Who even when they pack it in <laughs> yeah. against the Raiders, <laughs> that. that not Don't, if if you do if you were to beat the Niners and we're nine and seven, could that be Chad Henney right there? Their their seating set. Uh, set I mean, guys? right now Casey and Buffalo are tied, right? So Kansas City might like you want that, but one technically, technically they're not right because Buffalo beat them. So uh, who does Buffalo play? Who do we say Buffalo plays at the end of the year? It doesn't matter. God, that was a massive win by the Bengals today. Bills finished with the Pats, and the Pats might have to win that game. So you're saying that with the loss today, the Chiefs would have been ten. God, that was a big loss for them. They would have been loss. the number. That was a big loss. Were you watching that game? The fucking uh, body's getting. I had it blasted. on, like, kind of in the corner, but that. You see the Mahomes helicopter play where he lifted the ball. I did, well, yeah, because they did the cut in during the Niner game to see. That. I don't know if that was a touchdown. I thought he broke the plane. It was close. I thought he broke the plane. It, it was close. Yeah. So instead of being ten and two, they're nine and three and tied with the Bills. What are the Bengals right now? Uh they are eight and four. So are the Ravens tied with the Ravens, yeah. I don't know if the Ravens are any good, man. I mean they they barely beat old Russ, who isn't kind of crazy that the Broncos and the Rams, they just keep losing. I mean, those picks get better and better every week. At Seattle, when you watch the Rams, you see John Walford, you go, well, they can't win this. There's no reason for them to win this game, right? Yeah. Like Russell Wilson is the Denver Broncos quarterback. I know. That's sorry. So, so Seattle, let me see. I actually have the, I have the uh, pick updates here. I would imagine that. Who else was even in the mix? Was it the Saints? Texans, Jags. Oh, the, but the Jags, oh, they lost today, huh? So right now, it's a, it number one budged. pick Houston. Number yeah. two pick Chicago. Number three pick Seattle from Denver. And number four pick Detroit from the Rams. Number five, Carolina. Number six, Philly from New Orleans. Chicago is the number two pick right now. They're three and ten. 
I think they've had the best type season you can have to go four and, you know, whatever they're going to go 13, right? Because it feels like I'm watching some of the day. I'm like, are the Packers going to lose to the Bears? They're going to lose to the Bears. That's what was crazy. And then they ended up, what was the final score of that game? Uh, 28-19. That was not a nine-point game. That felt like a one-point game, didn't it? Like, they were going to lose. They were down 19-17. to It was 19-10 to after three quarters. And then the Packers scored three times. The Packers went touchdown, field goal, touchdown to end that game. That's an incredible loss for the Bears. You're like, you're winning. Fields had a sweet run. You're up 19 to 10. So you like, you build some positive moment, but you still lose the game. Fields there is 20 no to 25 point. for 254. Is it safe to say if we could redo that Niners wouldn't even have the opportunity to draft him because he would have gone two? Every time I, I watch the Jets game and I see him in sweats. Just standing like, there. It's a bad look. Did Mike I, and again, White- I, it's a bad look. Just in the, like I don't know. Not because he's doing anything weird on the sideline. It's just like he's in street clothes. Crazy. Street clothes. Uh, yeah. I know. Did you see? Did you watch the end of the TCU game? Oh, yes. I think it's. I thought that like last quarter in the old. Like, that's one of the best games I've ever seen. I came, I went into that game wanting TCU to not be in the playoff and came out of that game wanting TCU to be in the playoff. I agree. And I was talking a lot of shit on Twitter about Alabama, but they are, or I mean, that Bam was going to get in because like I assume TCU was soft like USC, but they're just not. Did you think that Duggan scored on the third down play that he broke the plane? Uh, Yeah, I, <laughs> I was cool with them not giving it to him. What did you think about them going for it on fourth down? Didn't hate it. Uh, in over, we're talking for people who missed it. It was tied in OT. TCU got the ball first, went for it, didn't get it. Uh, Kansas State kicks the field goal, wins. But as it turned out, TCU still got into the playoff. I think a goal line stand, they don't happen that much anymore. It feels like they used to happen a lot in our youth. They're an underrated football sequence, aren't they? In a big game, in a big spot, a goal line stand. It's like, God, this is intense. Just big dudes celebrating <laughs> behind the line. That that was – how about when they interviewed the Kansas State coach? He's like, we just won the Big 12. <laughs> like, we just won the Big 12. They just won the Big 12. And TCU's really good. Re- Duggan's an NFL guy. Uh, their w- receiver, I think it's number one, whoever their best wide receiver is, I've heard he's the best receiver prospect in this draft. Better than oh, like, uh, Addison Russell. They're running back to NFL guy, Jordan Addison. Addison. John's a big ace fan. And there are a couple other receivers. Like they have NFL players all over their offense. Uh, John, breaking news Niners for Adam trading. Schefter. The Niners are signing Josh Johnson off the Broncos practice squad uh, to the 53 man roster, according to sources. Johnson, he's been, he's been on the team. Is Harbaugh back? During his 13 years in the NFL, Johnson's been a member of 14 different teams. The most uh, for any player in league history, this will be his third stint on the 49ers. This is only because Harbaugh can't sign him at Michigan. I think what's incredible about Josh Johnson is that he's been in the league 13 years. Yet when you look at his football reference, it does not add up to 13 years. It adds up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So he spent half of his career just not on the field. What he must be at first, he must be an incredible guy, right? He's got to be an incredible guy. <laughs> He's got to be smart. 
He's got to be really smart, but he has to be one of the most likable, under-the-radar likable people in the history of the league. From 2009 to 2021, 14 different teams. However many how many years? You say 13? Uh, 13 years, 14 teams, yeah. How many pass attempts? Oh, okay, I haven't looked. I checked it, but I didn't look. I, you want career pass attempts? Career pass attempts. Only NFL pass attempts. I'm going to say... Only NFL. I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to go with 62. He's actually played a lot more than you'd probably realize. Uh, 353. He's a career 58%. He's completed 200 of them. 353 divided by 13 is 27. And there were years like, you know, from 13 to 18. So he played a couple games for the Bengals, but actually he didn't because he didn't make any throws. So maybe he just got in and did some kneels. So from 11, 2011 to 2018, he never threw a pass. Bizarre well, career. Well, 19, he was, he, it says here, missed the season San Diego Fleet. Yeah, played in that league. Remember 2020 missed the season Los Angeles Wildcats. So he played AAF and XFL. So does that mean he's been out of college 15 years? Was well, last year in college was 07. So yeah. How many guys for Harbaugh in college at USD? Me and my dad, when I was home from Cal Poly at a Thanksgiving, I think in 06, we went like Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. UC Davis played an undefeated Jim Harbaugh, San Diego Toreros. He was the starting quarterback. Now, I, we just went to see Jim Harbaugh, play, you know, was leading this crazy powerhouse team. But there was buzz about this quarterback they had it with. I'm pretty sure I remember kicking their ass sitting at, uh, you know, the old Aggie Stadium. Incredible career. How many people have that long of a career? How many people play like an older veteran that plays in minor league football stints, but then comes back to the league? You know, usually this it's position like, too. I would say his career is very unprecedented. It'll never be duplicated again. San Diego's like a high academic. I bet he's really smart. Obviously high character. Tough. What if I would have told you by the end of the Niners would be eight and four, the stretch run, it'd be birdie like this Josh morning Johnson. you would call to me and be like, hey, uh, you might want to brush up on some Josh Johnson. Oh, John, he's from Oakland. Someone in the chat just <clears throat> noticed his wiki. He went to Oakland Tech. He might have been the quarterback when Marshawn Lynch was there. Marshawn Lynch went to Oakland Tech? Uh, yeah. yeah, he yeah, he was a teammate of Marshawn Lynch. They won the Oakland Athletic League Championship together. I'd imagine it's a pretty good backfield, don't you think? Josh Johnson, Marshawn? God, yeah, I would love to see the stats on that. They would have been the same year because he went to college in 04. That was the backfield for these guys. Joe on the stream says there he's it's his cousin. <laughs> I didn't make Tedford sign him. Well, he had Rogers. That's true. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this: like, I think he belongs on the field before Eason does. And I guess that you know, well, Eason's not even who's their backup right now. Oh yeah, it is Eason. Oh, was that Eason out there today? I thought it was Sudfeld, for, but I didn't think critically about the fact that Sudfeld got caught. But, yeah, it was Eason, tall guy, big guy, who actually I think made some plays. Was it this preseason with the Colts he made a few throws? He can't know. really – he's not an athletic not guy. Is he? No. 
Yeah, to me, Eason's a no-go. And I don't think he's that accurate either. So <laughs> so what's he bringing to the table? 6-4? Arm strength? <laughs> uh, did you see that uh, Deion Sanders said Shadur Sanders? He's like, stand up, Shadur. There's your quarterback, everybody. Is that his name? That's his son's. That's Dion's son. Yeah, Shador. Shador. But then he said, "I didn't bring the linebacker." I'm like, "What is he talking about?" I guess he's got another son. Someone should confirm this. I I got to do some Dion deep dives. He's like, "I didn't bring him. I'm mad at him. He's in the doghouse right now." He's got another son at Jackson State that he's I, leaving I, there. Well, I think he meant like I didn't bring him today. Um, he's in the doghouse. Maybe he got in trouble after the championship game or something. Why well, saw this guy committed? Shiloh, yeah, Shiloh Sanders. That's his other kid. <laughs> Dad, I'm sorry, man. Second I'm not staying without you, Dad. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll fucking do my chores. I'll clean. I'll fucking scrub your toilet. Don't have a scholarship a for you, son. <laughs> Please, Dad. Come on, man. <laughs> Dion is not a fuck around guy for a guy that feels like a fuck around guy. I'm telling you, Bobby April told me he was the first guy in the meeting. I'll never forget that. He's like, just because he's so loud, I think people, you know, don't realize I started following him on Twitter. He's just constantly tweeting. Like if your mom calls me, don't play for me. Like I, he is not taking shit. Yeah. And, I, and he is definitely ain't worried about offending anybody. I and think a, no. one advantage he's has all these coaches are worried about. Like if I scream at a guy, you know, the transfer portal, Dion doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. I think it's, a, I think it's a fantastic hire because Colorado needs an injection and you got it. There are schools where you just got to take a big swing. And um, this guy just – you think he wants to coach? He just went to the SWAC to get his first job. He couldn't get the job. At, he wanted to coach at Florida State. They didn't want him. So he went to Jackson State to coach. He wanted to coach. And I saw they already got a, some five-star kid already committed. Well, well I, I, I clicked on him. It's not 2025. Oh, okay, okay. The IMG kid? Yeah, Portnoy tweeted. So I was like, God, he already got a five-star. And they said class of 2025. Gotcha. I think it's – I think – I've had multiple people, and I call – I. Big deal today. The president of Colorado, the institution, said that they're going to have to look at, you know, how they ad, uh, um, admit kids through the portal. Because one of the problems at Colorado, the, the problem is that they don't offer as many majors. And so a lot of guys in the portal, their credits don't transfer. So it's a challenge to get guys in the portal because guys will suddenly not be eligible at Colorado because not all of their credits transfer to Colorado. Colorado, really good school. Colorado's a good school. Yeah. So that's one of their challenges. And then on top of it, they don't offer some of the majors that other places offer. And so guys aren't qualified if they come there. So guys don't come. So that's been a major challenge for them. I think they're there. Have you been there to Folsom Field? Yeah. Their crowd is good, like really good. They've actually recently upgraded facilities. People talk about it. I've had multiple people like DM me, like it's a bottom five, power five job. I think it has some significant challenges, but I think it's got a very good game day atmosphere. The town itself is really cool. Their athletics director really cares about football. Their AD was on the football staff back when they won a national championship, Bill McCartney, late 80s, early 90s. So coach, uh, he was their he was their recruiting director. So he's in he's a football geek. Kind he's of. a football guy, big time football guy. So I think it's awesome for Dion. Like so I'm are we sure his up. kid's going to be able to transfer? Well, he, uh, I, I would bet he already knows that yes, his kid's going to make it into school. <laughs> um, but he even said like, the, I watched the clip. He's like, "There's your quarterback right there." But then he goes, "But well, he's going to have to earn it. Make no mistake, he's going to have to earn it." 
What about so, the what about the duty signed from Florida State last year? Remember they get they were supposed to go there the five yeah, star. Yeah. I would imagine that guy's coming with them, right? You would think Tra- right? Travis Hunter. Because I saw I saw something on the internet like get ready for Travis Hunter coming. Yeah. Last week, Friday, maybe, they lost a guy in the portal, Colorado. And someone was like, This is why they gotta move. Can't lose guys to the portal. I'm like, man, nah, I don't think Deion's too concerned about it. They were not a good football. When you say lost the guy to the portal, you just meant he entered the entered portal. the portal. I guess he could come back. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Lewis, one of their DBs, but I think West Coast football the last 24, actually, it's the last 12 months because it was like just over a year that Lincoln Riley came to the USC. Lincoln, Dan Lanning, Washington got good again. I think the ASU hire with Kenny Dillingham's good. He just, I don't know if you saw, he took Washington State's defensive coordinator to ASU. Like, that's just a ballsy move. Is that, because you, money is move. that because you think that uh, Dicker is the play caller and now this guy gets the play call? Or was that guy calling be, the plays? But I think it's definitely money, first yeah. and foremost. And to me, it's kind of cool. Like, I just played you. I Oregon played Washington State this year. Washington State almost beat him. Kenny Dillingham knows exactly the guy he coached against, right? Yeah. So Did you see Dan Lanning just hired Joe Brady to be his offensive coordinator? I did see that, uh, but wait, did he? I saw a story, but then I saw Joe said it's not happening. Oh, but did, but maybe it did happen. Maybe I maybe I just saw a headline. My thing with Dion. My question was, is he going to hire Kirby Moore? That was my guess. You think he hires Tedford's guy? Joe Brady denies rumor that he'll be the next OC. I do wonder, and I don't know the answer to this. Is like if Dion's kid is good at quarterback, like they could be kind of competitive really quick if he gets some transfer. I, I just don't know how good he is. Obviously, whenever I see highlights from the swack, hard to know. I mean, they kill him. Yeah. You know, I, I think that to me is the big question. And the one thing that's, I guess, cool, but also pretty intense, like there's going to be a pretty big spotlight now how good this guy is, right? But if he's got, <laughs> if he gets talent around him, I, I don't mean, I, I mean his, I mean his, his kid yeah, yeah, more yeah. than Dion. Yeah. I'm just saying, if the kid get if you get him talent, I wonder who Dion's offensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, I saw his DC is going to be some defensive coach. Well, I don't actually know if he'll be his DC. There's going to be a guy from Alabama who was like one of the defensive coaches. I don't know what. It must be an Aflac connection or something. Um, but it's pretty awesome. Uh, U.S. got knocked out of the World Cup, John. Heartbreaking stuff. Um, when I woke up at halftime and found out that it was a single elimination part of the tournament, boy, was I devastated. Did you wake up at 7 a.m. to watch the game like you claimed you would? Uh, set the alarm for 7.30, snoozed it till 7.55. By the time I got to the coffee machine, about 8.05. By the time the coffee was ready, about 8.10, I turned on the television. They were already about a couple minutes in. And, uh, yeah, we just got worked. I mean, I don't know what to – I was by about the second goal – I was pretty angry. I was like, yeah. this is this is a pretty big letdown. Then we scored, and it was 2-1. It's like 75 minutes, so there's 15 minutes left. It's 2-1. to one. Soccer, weird thing happened. We're not totally dead. They immediately then scored on a, just a goal that was like, boop, boop, boop. What the fuck? I, don't, I saw uh, Buker on Twitter, like, who's a soccer guy. Like, well, everyone thinking, like, this is a different. This is like watching the Warriors play the G League. Like, what are we talking about here? John, the nation's only 246 years old. You know, we're still young as a team. We're always young. Every World Cup, we're young. Every time. Yeah, we're just, we just don't belong with the big dogs. Not, no, we don't belong. <laughs> we're just so small. Our, our, totally. our guys that have headers. The Netherlands are 6'5". Right, we, we just need some size. Like, our, the guys doing headers are just so small. 
I like the guy with the uh, bleached hair. I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> he, he's not bad. I liked him. Uh, in soccer, when it's clear, like, I mean, I assume they were not as good as this team. When you give up an early goal and you're the underdog, it's like, oh, my God, this is trouble. <laughs> it's like if you give up an early touchdown, it's like, game ain't over, right? I mean, Utah was kind of getting worked early on. It was like, oh, my God, how over. about that game? We haven't really talked about that game. That was incredible. That was awesome. It was very Harbaugh, Ohio State-like, right? John, Utah is just – what Kyle Whittingham has done. I, th- I think – I know this is going to sound like hyperbole. He's starting to feel like one of the great coaches of my life <laughs> in college football. <laughs> Who wins this much when you start from behind? Four straight league championships he's been to. Was last year the first one he ever won? Yeah. I guess back it would have had to have been, right, because it's the first time he ever went to the Rose Bowl. I, I think his accomplishment of – I mean, last year – Mario Cristobal was kind of the apple of everyone's eye on the West Coast because, like, oh, my, the recruiting, the five stars. That's all I heard. Five stars. Look at all these fucking players. I always ask you, like, Sewell, who's this? Flo? You're like, all these guys, all these guys. He beat them twice by, like, a combined 75 points. Embarrassed. And and even after, it was like, oh, is LSU going to hire him? Is fucking Miami going to hire him? And he gets, like, $80 million. And clearly, he's a questionable coach, great recruiter. But Lincoln, no one disputes his coaching. It beat him twice. Now, not quite like Mario. Second time was. First time, but beat him twice? He went 4-0 last year against the guy that was interviewing for LSU and went to Miami, recruiting everybody around the country, and then beats the $120 million. 4-0 against $200 million worth of coaches. Think about that. What'd Average Miami 29 give, points. What did Miami give Mario? 80, 90 million bucks? Did they give him that much? Wasn't that the going right? Is that the Mel Tucker deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would what, what's what do you consider when you say Lincoln got you, you say 120? That's what I always say. I always say a hundred. I but, say one twenty because I factor in housing. The, yeah, the free house. Yeah, uh so Mario got eight a year. Eighty million. Yeah, he got an eight million dollar deal after they bought out his Oregon contract, whatever that was. So, I mean, give or take close to $200 million of coaches in two guys. Yeah. He went 4-0, and three of the four games were fucking a bludgeoning. How about him playing the same game against USC? Well, I guess they did the same thing against Oregon, but to fall behind and then come back. It looked like they were going to get run out of the building on Friday Destroyed. night. Destroyed. Destroyed. And they came just – they're just so freaking tough. That play when Cam Rising – had one of the hardest hits you'll ever see and just gets right back up. Popped like, off the, the one we popped off the helmet, that one. Yeah. I mean, could you like hit these guys with baseball bats and they get up? Or are they just completely unfaced? One of the reasons I thought they wouldn't win is because he clearly wasn't a hundred percent, but he still just made a bunch of plays. What do you think? Do you see the clip of the reporter asking Lincoln when Lincoln kind of snapped about, do you teach your guys yeah. to hit the ball before they tackle? And Lincoln, like, I'm not even going to justify that question. It's like Lincoln. Well, I know you haven't seen all the clips from the game, but that's what your guys were doing. And then you had always told me all year that they were like this turnover machine. Is that really what they were doing? I wonder. Yeah, they were not. a. They did not stop people. They just created interceptions. But moments. is there a chance he was teaching them because he knew he didn't have the players to try yeah, to create more absolutely. turnovers? I thought the question, while asked poorly, was an absolutely legitimate question. Uh, they threw the graphic up on the broadcast. At one point, they had 22 missed tackles. Like when Thomas Yasmin, the other tight end, scored that crazy touchdown. It was a one score. It was like a three-point game. Travis and the Kelsey, guy was trying to like punch the ball out. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, too. They've got like 
two two of them. Well, their best tight end is probably a first round pick. Yeah, he had 19 catches the first time or 16 catches the first time. Kincaid. How do you say his last name? Kincaid. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't that was cool. Hope to me, he the irony is the- they lost that guy was they have another tight end that got hurt at the beginning of the year who's also as good as Kincaid. Or almost I actually think the Pac-12 plays in some of the better bowl games. Fresno State, Washington State, Oregon State, Florida. I can't wait to watch that thing. Yeah. Which game uh, is that? Florida. Well, Fresno State, Washington State is J- Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I think it's Vegas. I'm pretty sure is Oregon State, Florida. I think Penn State, Utah, just two teams I think that are going to try. You know Utah. Well, I think Penn State's going to try too. Like that, that to me is just a game where every everyone tries – we can question Penn State like their quarterback's not great, but they're, you know, I think James Franklin's like the better version of Mario. Like he's got players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that's probably one of the better bowl games. I think Penn State, State Utah Florida is a good game. Uh, Penn State Utah is a good game. Uh, USC Tulane's terrible. <laughs> Do they have to let one of the non-power fives into the BC, though into the New Year's Six? Yeah, whatever? I think there's always a spot for one of them. Yeah. Uh. Don't love the Alabama K State matchup for Alabama. How are they going to try? How Oregon North Carolina is not terrible. No, that's not bad at all. That's at Petco Park. Uh, who's playing Texas? Somebody's playing Texas. Is it Washington? Washington. That's pretty yeah, good. That's a good game. I fucking I come on, Dubor. Uh, that's yeah, a sneaky did. big game for. Don't you think that's a pretty big game for Sark? Hell yeah, it is. And would you imagine Dubor is going to try on that thing? And panics and those guys. That game's in San Antonio, though. I bet Washington travels well to that game. They've had a, I mean, they're 10 and 2. They've had a great year. What's Utah's record? 10 and 3? 10 and 3. So, really, in a weird way, I mean, they had some pretty devastating losses. It ultimately didn't bite them in the ass, right? They ended up making the game. They won the game. They're back in the Rose Bowl. It's because unless they, I guess technically, if they had been a one-win team, if they, they had beaten the Florida, yeah. they still would have been in the playoff mix. They could have yeah, lost they, to UCLA and been in the playoff mix if they just had one loss. Right. But they, like to me, if they had one loss and one of them was Florida, you'd be like, God, you should have played Weber State. But they didn't. They had three losses, including Florida. So whatever. Who who, who was their other Pac-12 loss beside the UCLA ass kicking? Uh, Oregon. No, Washington. Which one did they play? Wh- whichever one they played, Oregon or Washington. They lost, yeah. In a in a tight game, right? Oregon, I would think I think it was Oregon, and it, it was close. Yeah, like, they got they got worked by. I remember UCLA was like that Friday night game where they got their ass kicked. That was a letdown. Uh, yeah, Oregon. I actually think it sets up pretty good for Jim. Not that TCU is going to be easy, but like he's going to be favored in that game. Could Georgia lose? Probably not. They just try. I mean, they got the best players, and they try. And they're, and they're, be- they're just better. Yeah. Their quarterback's 25 or whatever. He is pretty good, though, I think, when I watch him play. Like, he's not. I, I he, thought he was. He'll he's gotten pro. dramatically better. I think he's getting drafted. If Brock Purdy gets drafted, Stenson Bennett can't get drafted? Just turned 25. He's old. <laughs> Shanahan? Well, but if if Brock Purdy can get drafted, this guy Dolphins. can't get drafted? No, yeah. Draft a guy seventh round. You could draft a guy two hundred pick two fifty eight. Who does it really? Do you care? It's like I like this guy. Get him on my team. Yeah. 
the likelihood of a guy picked in the 200s making a team is probably what I bet if we did a study 10% in the 200s, let alone the end of the, what is the likelihood of a Mr. Irrelevant ever starting a game in the NFL? I bet it's, it's gotta be pretty low. There can't be many good Mr. Irrelevance. How about the dolphins? I think he's a dolphin. Yeah. I mean, well, the Rams are going to be grabbing a quarterback. Are you looking, Mister Relevance to start? Yeah, sucker. I mean, they're. I'm not kicker punter. I mean, how about QB? Is that games played? So the Larry Wanky, never heard of him. Grant Stewart, linebacker from the Chad Kelly, Chad Kelly, Ole Miss. Tay Crowder, the linebacker. Bunch of games. Oh yeah, Chad Kelly, one game. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, shit just got real for Birdie. Like, hey, Brock, we're going to need you in the office tomorrow to go over some things. I can't believe what we just witnessed today. Even though I can't, like, our, my buddy, our buddy, AJ texted me. He goes, I'm surprised by how surprised I am that Garoppolo got hurt today. I agree. I, I thought that was the perfect way to put it. Like, we shouldn't be surprised. He gets hurt every year. And yet, when it happens, you're like, I still am in a state of disbelief that we just that to, that now that I was going to try and go win the NFC West with Brock Purdy. I, I do think it's one of those things like you just get numb to it after a while and you almost forget about it because it's happened so many. Well, numb's the wrong word. You just get, you just kind of are. I don't even know the like you know it could happen, but you really are not prepared to deal with the true fallout if it happens. Yeah, I'll give you an example. When you see a nail in your tire. And you're like, you know, I'm going to try to avoid this thing. And then for months on end, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, one day you walk to your car and you look, you go, God, it looks at an angle. And you look in the back and one of your tires is completely out. Even though for about seven months, you first saw that thing so long ago, just because you didn't want to buy a new tire. You didn't want to take it in. You didn't want to inconvenience yourself when you had some time. But when that tire goes down, like that tire was seven months ago. Probably. Like ultimately, there was a reason Jimmy Garoppolo like the way it all played out, like the concerns are real. Broken foot. I'm watching Dak Prescott. He said, "Watch his whole career. He's had one injury. That like really, I guess he's had a couple. He had a mallet finger or whatever." But Jimmy misses. God. Just another one year contract coming for Garoppolo at twenty million. Uh, you get twenty million. What's he get making this year? He'll make that six and a half. Yeah, but plus like all his bonuses, although he's going to lose out on some bonuses now. I, I do wonder. I think it dramatically injures his earning potential over one year deal, because how can you justify 20 million? Like, I don't know if he's going to play 10 out of 16 games. Yeah, right? 15. The Niners would have gladly taken 15. What do you end up at nine? And they had to wait on him because he was rehabbing from another injury. I'm just saying, what's he about to make this year? Like, this was the year he was going to cash in. Now, again, he might be fine by March. So. Well, he will be, but I, I I think his history now is so strong. My he guess ends would up back be... on the Niners. Nobody pays him a bunch of money. My guess would be 10. God. He's going to be back on the Niners, John. J- same with Jason Verrett. They'll be rehabbing. Or he goes. just played his last snap again. I can't tell. I can never tell with Garoppolo. Did he just play his last snap as a Niner, or is he going to be their starter week one? 
Only God knows. You can convince me about seven different things now. I'd agree. I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Jerry's looking kind of old. I thought for a second he had a mustache. That would actually be a good look for him. <laughs> Saturday might not win many games either. Uh, yeah. All right. On that note, anything else to add? Stay hot, Raiders. How many games will Josh Johnson start for the 49ers? Two. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Have a great night. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.